This podcast recorded live from the Urban Fly Company Studios. And we are back for another week of the SVS Fly Fishing Podcast. Hey, around the table tonight, we have Urban Fly Company's Mark Burns, big man on the board, Chris Sims. No catfish this week for Jim Franklin, but he's here to talk about some muskie. And uh, I'm Jay Thompson. Uh, this is what we'll be talking about on this week's podcast. Um, we got a little bit of Beast of the East talk. Uh, Mark and Jim went on a musky, a little musky uh, expedition, we'll call it. Uh, I want to talk about that giant catfish that we saw that got noodled out and what we think and how it would have fared for us if we'd have went down there and tried to wrestle a 100-pound catfish. Um, I have an airing of grievances uh, on the uh, hunting front. Um, I think a lot of guys had the same airing of grievance across the state of Pennsylvania. Uh, we're going to do some gear talk and review, just pretty much just things we've been looking at getting into. Uh, Chris just got a couple new things he said. We'll talk about that. Um, he just talked about a little retriever on a, on a, for a fly line that sounds pretty nifty. We'll get into that a little bit and a few other things. Uh, I'm going to talk about Chad turning 40, uh, the party he had up at the camp and the good time I had and while I'm dead today. Um, and some Fourth of July food talk, and then. Uh, but before we get to all that, who are we sponsored by? We got Yeti built for the wild. Sims, check them out. They got the whole new lineup out. A Rex, fresh and salt water. Check them out at arexhooks.com in Cortland. We'll be getting to them a little bit later in the show, talking about some of their lines. Friends of the show, we have Ryan Evans up at Queen City Guiding, Michael Davis at Down to Earth Wealth Management, Thomas Shank at Chippewa River Custom Rods. Our friends over at Muskie Fool and the Nittany Valley Muskie Alliance. Speaking of those guys, uh, they put on some muskie tournaments, and yeah, one of them's the Beast. Yeah. And we've all been doing the Beast forever. It's one of our favorite times. We all get together, and man, we've talked about it a hundred times on this show. So, but uh, <clears throat> this year's is right around the corner. Registration just opened up a week ago, I believe. And uh, you know, don't drag your feet. <clears throat> um, it seems like it's filling up pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we're just going to – I got my team in. Uh, there's a big change on uh, on our team. Uh, we lost PJ. You lost your horseshoe. So, oh, no. PJ has a wedding that day. Is, want, it, is it his? No, it's not his. Okay. Um, <laughs> then it's, there's no excuse. Uh, it could be <laughs> his. No, I don't think it's his. Um, so we had to find a replacement for PJ, which is, you know, it's going to be tough. But uh, we called our good buddy Justin Christofferson. And uh, got him to jump on the team. So he did it a few years back with those guys and stayed up at camp. And looking forward to getting to fishing with them there and spending the time. So that's it's cool on our front. We get the, you know another guy at the camp. And I know Jim's got a little bit of shake-up, too. I know. I, I, I got my first one underneath my belt last year. So I'm looking forward to coming back up this year. Who's your team this year? I got uh, Derek, from, Derek Smith from last year. Awesome. And uh, I got my ringer. I got Pat Lombardo on my boat. Nice. That's going to be a fun time. We are going to laugh our asses off. You are going to. Ha- yeah, that's a fun team. That's, that's awesome. That's a fun team right there. That makes me happy. That'll be a lot of fun. And it's still just uh, Mark, Rick, and I for uh, Urban Fly Cartel. We were number two registered. Dixon sent me an email and said, you were the second team. Thanks for getting it in. Uh, yeah, if you're thinking about doing it, I would probably get it in this week. 
That's yeah. what I, I was saying that too. They're drag yeah. feet. only yeah, taking dope. 32 teams this year. Yep. And, then they're, and then they're cutting quick. it off. She's going yeah. quick. And they were, as of Monday, Tuesday, they were already at seven, nine teams? Nine. Registered? Yeah, it's, they've gotten a few more since. It's Good. getting there. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's almost yeah. down to the wire. So. Yeah, I'd get it in this week. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to have a heck of a good time. Yeah, good time. I'm excited to see Rick. I know Torg got his team in. Uh, it's going to him. I Quarterly. can't I remember uh, who exactly is on the yeah. team, but they're going to be stopping up and hanging out. They have a, they've got a B&B right around the corner. Nice. nice. So they'll be hanging out and, you know, just I told him, you know, come over for the festivities and the, all the good time. Yeah. So Cortland boys will be there too, so. Matt, Chris, and Rooster? I don't know who the team is. I mean, I talked to Rooster, but I'm assuming so. Or Staying at, at, at the cabin or staying somewhere? Yep. Okay, cool. Perfect. I awesome. love having a lot of people. Oh, this awesome. Yeah, we'll probably one. need that second one this year. Yeah, we're definitely going to need your buddies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to have to. Yeah, I talked to my dad. I'm going to have to get a hold of him and see if we can open up that cabin as well. I'm awesome. sure they'll be cool with it. Yeah, and... We can figure out something if they need some sort of reparation. Yeah, that's something. what we fi- I figured too. Yep, we'll take care of them. Yeah, it, man, I'm I'm pumped. I'm really pumped. <coughs> Big party, good oh, time. I'm excited. Oh, man. last year time. last year was just mind blowing for me. Like coming into that, not knowing what to expect, <laughs> I was just it was. I didn't want to leave. It was like a depression after the beast was over. I remember like Jim said something about. It. I don't remember like what we were talking. Would be like like what to expect, and I was like. Dude, you'll already be ready for the next year before you leave this year. You weren't wrong, man. And I was like, just that's the best way to put it. I was like, I don't know how to explain it until you're there. I was like, but it's worth it. I was yeah. in a deep depression that Monday as well. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people are like, oh, no, we're going to go for a tournament. I don't really care about that. You know, I mean, I care about that in the fact that that's why we're there for like to support them, help, you know, Muskies Inc. And that's what the whole point of it is, is, you know, for the Nittany Valley chapter. But the overall competition of it. We get fish, we get fish. If we don't get fish, we don't get fish. Yeah, that's the right. The camaraderie of the week that we're there or half a week, it's worth its weight. And Absolutely. Just, and just to go fish and be, you know, be able to just have them days set aside to just go fish all day. You know, it's nice to be able to do that. It's, you know, everybody's, you know, schedules are busy. It's hard yeah. to set a couple of days, few days aside just to go. And that Saturday night at Bent Run is always great. It's always, a, we've, luckily enough, we've had the weather the last couple of years where we've been outside under the pavilions and... It was a little chilly last year, but it wasn't terrible. Mm, about, I thought it was very nice. Boy, it'd be yeah. really yeah. nice. Well, yeah. <laughs> really nice to not have a scorcher this year because last year we got a couple good days, but it was still warm for, you know, yeah, the early that, part. That water was still really mm-hmm. warm. Mm-hmm. It'd be nice to see, you know, that mid-September set in and get up there with some, you know, water temps in the 60s and... Well, yep. I know we, I had my waders and my uh, rain jacket on for part of, la- like, the second day it was pretty rainy. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. that cold front came in, and it was just, mm-hmm. it was a night and day difference from the day before. Yeah, yeah, and the year before that, was it Saturday that it rained? Mm-hmm. It Most of the day poured. And then the other day was, like, 80-something. Yeah, it was hot. Yep. I know. It's our, our, goofy we, weather. We showed out two years ago. Last year, uh, the camp didn't, didn't, we didn't bring home anything, but. No, zero bacon yeah. last year. Yeah. <laughs> but well, we I, ate well. I yes. did the year before, farm two. But and we're not doing that this year. We had we had sh- we've had shots every year though. And that's that's the important part. Is that we can safely say we screwed it up. hundred mm-hmm. <laughs> percent. I think I'm probably gonna try to do the same as I did last year. Maybe we go I don't know, maybe we go up late Tuesday. No. I'm thinking. 
I'll <clears throat> I definitely gonna take a uh, Thursday, you know what I mean, off work and be up there to fish that day. I think that's what I'm gonna do too. I'm gonna go roll Thursday, day before. Yeah, I'll get up there Thursday afternoon because it's Apple Fest weekend, and I got to help set up Wednesday since I'm not gonna be there Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Oh yeah, last year I was on a 5 a.m. flight for a work conference on that next Monday. I had to go to Nevada. That was awful. Awful. Yeah, I was standing in a backyard in a pile of my own poo. Remember? Yeah, it was great. <laughs> Monday, really, Monday really sucked for me. I was in. Thank God the people's house we were working on were in Disney World because I had to take a shower. Then I had to run in and say, "Hey, can I take your use your shower, please?" Your septic backed up, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. We do what they say. They say you don't trust one of uh, fart after forty, right? That's <laughs> my, amen. Mine was thirty-nine. Yeah, mine was like twenty-two. <laughs> <laughs> All that booze and uh, man, the good food and oh my gosh, oh, yeah. You pile enough seafood in you, she show man. That was what a good time though. The food was just amazing. You did a great job last year cooking, Chris. Uh, everybody did. Mark had the walleye, and. Jimmy brought. Oh, I brought uh, tenderloins. Yep, and we mm. had we had the the chili cook off for lunch. The wings, the French fries. Is is uh oh man, Nikki Sags gonna be at the camp this year? I haven't yeah, heard. I, I, I believe yeah. so. <coughs> um, I haven't heard anything. Matt, the yeah. little sliders he made. Oh, oh yeah. my god, that might have been the best thing. That and homemade blue cheese for the wings. Yeah. Mm. I never. I've never really been into oysters, and I tried them when I was you know quite a bit younger, and I tried them. You know, every which way, breaded and everything, and nah, not really my thing. But boy, I don't know what it was. If I just fresh. taste bud changing and them being fresh from down there, you know, yeah. Rick bringing them right up, and man, those were good. I had, you know, and I don't do. I ate two or three each night, you know, and that's not a ton, but still. Plus, Ooh. you were drunk, so I mean that helps. Well, I wasn't. Yeah, I was drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but. Get your registrations in. We're running out of time. You're running out of time. We yeah, are all good set. to go. Mark, did you mail yours in yet? He, he, yeah. We're good. He <laughs> mailed <laughs> Our team set. <laughs> I haven't left my basement yeah, since, you, you since Wednesday a, morning. You tied a couple flies last week. A few. Yeah, and I got a few hundred more to go. That's unbelievable. So it's pretty much all day, every day, rinse and repeat till they're done. So all of July. Oof. Except for one day I got to go to a wedding. So I'm going to get cut off that day. Well, there's here in a couple of days, the, the rivers are going to be perfect. We've had like yeah, two, two days of straight rain. And it's <clears throat> we ain't getting a lot more coming now. Yeah. Other than a break on Wednesday when it's going to be 88 degrees, it's pretty much showing thunderstorms for the next foreseeable future. Yeah, which is which should keep levels just at a nice place. But, uh, I mean, Kinzu is low. They cut the flow to the Allegheny. Oh, it looked like nothing. I just went over it going out that way up to Marionville, and sheesh. It looked yeah. like it was a trickle Yeah. in Emlington. That's where you go over it. Yep. Well, that's right. Over 80. Yeah. Yep. It didn't look like there was much out there. Mm-mm. No, there's not. <coughs> We're but getting uh, it now, though. Everything around here shot up. We yeah. got we got hammered for quite a bit the other night. We did, and uh, I got hammered on the way over here with rain, which mm. is which is good. These little popcorn storms. That's a good way to describe them because that's what they've been—a little sporadic. Yeah, we got it all pushes. all night long again coming too. 
Starting good. back up after midnight. Yep. We need it. We need it. Good, good. It's rain, water, fish, and flies. Doesn't sound so bad. No. It's good times. You didn't fish today, I assume. I did not. I uh, drove back, woke up, pulled myself off the couch that I fell asleep <laughs> on last night. So. <laughs> Great times. Well, hey, we're talking musky. <clears throat> and uh, thanks to the guys for the Beast of the East uh, for putting on a great event um, and you know, letting us be a part of it. You know, yeah, absolutely. Have our name on the back of the shirts this year. It's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, that's, that's pretty, pretty exciting. Nice. Yeah. SVS podcast. So. Thank you. A lot of a lot of cool stuff. That's uh, man. Like I said, the event is just amazing. There's a lot of prizes. Usually, Mark cleans them all up. Um, last year we didn't. Yeah, um, none of us won anything last <coughs> year, did we? Yeah, the Bam Bam won that Sims tote bag. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I <coughs> didn't. I didn't win squad. Douche. I didn't win nothing. I was and just I, there for the free stickers. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I throw I throw a couple hundred bucks at the tickets, and I got. Skunkarood. Mm-hmm. I need to remember to throw every medium shirt or medium piece of clothing, put my stuff in there because I think I'm the only guy there that wears medium. And this guy, <clears throat> this guy that looked like Chris, you know, a bigger fella, he threw all kinds of tickets in on all this medium shit because he knew nobody was throwing it in there. Me, I'm just throwing a couple tickets in there, you know, and this guy wins all. Remember that? Mm-hmm. He just wins Cleaned all kinds up. of this media. Yeah. I don't know what he was going to do. Maybe give it to his, his wife or something. Maybe. Uh, it's like Devin in the hats yeah. at the F3T. Devin won every hat. I've noticed that like <laughs> in every 50-50 raffle, it's either you're the guy or you're not the guy. It's either you're winning three out of ten prizes or you know you win nothing. Right. Yeah, and Mark's usually the guy. Just not last year. Nope, not last year. That's all right. I did get a hat. Nice. It was a nice Sims musky hat. That's right, that black one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I like it. That's a good-looking hat. So Mark and Jim, they uh, went out and they did some uh, musky fishing. We'll transition from Beast of the East musky, which we'll be talking about until it basically happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, Three months, though. So yeah. you guys talk a little bit about your uh, musky outing. Mm, that morning started off before Jim got there. Because I got this one fly sitting in the garage. It's sitting on top of, like, uh, the jet boil. I'm like, all right, it's been sitting there for probably six months. I'm like, today, today's the day. Like, you're going today because it's warming up. It's kind of that time now where they're, like, eating everything. So it's like, all right, there's a couple rocks right off the bat. Go there, hit them, get a reaction strike. And uh, started early, kind of before the heat set in. Finally got little water. This was on Wednesday, so before all the storms came through. Well, we got a little batch came through what, last Sunday, Monday, mm-hmm. something like mm-hmm. that. So we at least got a little bit of clarity to it. Temps are good now. They were sitting probably close to 70, so a lot better than they were. And uh, yeah, we got there early and started off quick. huh? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, so my take on it was we finally get down to the spot. And we're sitting on you know these couple small boulders right there that we cast from. And... Uh, Mark's up to bat first. He's ready to go. I'm over there messing with a camera or something like that. But I was in my bag, and I, you know, I remember hearing it over the the back of my shoulder, just you know, the fly line ripping through the guides. Just <laughs> couldn't have been ten seconds. All I hear is 
fish. And I turn around and I'm like, I'm not prepared for this at this point. So, <laughs> like, what do you, yeah, what do I do? Yeah, what do you, where do you want me to go? Where are you trying to, where are you, because we haven't even had the talk of like where we were going to land the fish yet. So it was more or less just diving right into it. So ended yeah, up we, having a nice We get there. Too. Jim's like looking all around. He's like, we don't have a net. Yeah, I know. We don't need one. It'll be fine. Grab them. <laughs> all right. Right on. Yeah. So, um, I ended up, I had the GoPro already on my head, so I just had enough time. I turned it on real quick as we're messing with the fish, but the fish ended up fighting in front of me for, you know, a good couple frames, and and we ended up landing it. And PSA to everybody, pick up your garbage. I'm tired of seeing fly line laying or or just regular line laying around and, you know, monofilament. It's It's just at the pile of it. That fish was wrapped in That fish ended up getting tied up into it, and it was just, you know, just... Do your favor for the next guy that's going to come and fish there. Just if you brought it in with you, take it with you. Yeah, it's not that hard. Amen. You had, you had the room to bring it in. Yeah, you've got the room to take it out. Yeah. So if you left that line there on said rock, you're welcome. We threw it away for you. But Jace in the future, th- don't be a dick. Jace has done everything but put a dumpster down at one of our spots because people leave so much trash there, and he has a trash bag down there. And they still leave their stuff laying there. Oh, dude, if it's I... It's just ignorant. If he even left you a trash bag. Just throw it in the trash bag and we'll take it for you later. You ignorant asshole. I always... Dude, Every if I see it, man, <sighs> and it's like... It's not something like completely disgusting that I'm about to put into my bag. Like, I'm, I'll pick it up and throw it. Like, if it's a chip bag or like cans or something like that, something stupid, I'll just pick it up. Prophylactic. What's that? Prophylactic. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, though, that's the one reason I don't use that fly. This is what we had happen with that fish. Mm. It's got a little back hook in it. So it, it hooked them on the bottom, and then it went back down through it again. So you're, like, trying to, like, sit there and m- maneuver with your fingers, and then you get your finger bit. Yeah, th- yeah, he got chomped you, on a little bit. Yeah, you sent me a picture, uh, and I was like, piked? And you responded, muskied. And I was <laughs> like, muskied. my man. Yeah, it's it, it's like a... Five six inch D and D that has a shank in the middle, and it works good for what it is. But it's not like a D and D you work the whole way back to you because the way the the M ones work is just a little bit different. I don't like I like the snappier ones, but it works. Right on. How big? How big? Mm, Thirty thirty one. That's that's a fun summer fish. Yeah, take awesome. It. He yeah. hammered it pretty good. I mean, he committed oh, to second it. second strip. Yeah, yeah he was, committed to it right out of the gate. Awesome. Yep. Fuck fuck. Bam, and then moved around a little bit from there. Had another fish come in, pulled the fly out a little too quick. I mean, it was like a weird situation. It was, you had depth, rock depth, and got to the other side, kind of like made a little quick, lifted it up, and then about three seconds later, here he comes flying in up over top of the rock. You're a day late and a dollar short. Yeah. Probably, what? Ten minutes more. Yeah. Changed flies a couple times, moved, got him to come back in, and had him come in on like a little different situation, and got a fly just to work real deep and almost dragging in, and he came in just almost belly on the bottom with it. Got him going into the eight, and then once I got him fired up, started up high, he flared, and I turned the rod back down, waiting for the weight there just to strip set, and nothing, gone. Hmm. I don't know whether he missed it or what, but he just swam himself right back off, and that was the last I saw of that one. Was that a good size fish, or was that another? About the identical thirty thirty one. Yeah. Now the one you moved after was yeah. a little bit bigger. Mark had a comment. This is the time of the year whenever they're snacking on potato chips. So we were throwing some bigger flies and didn't have too much action on this. So we started to downsize it a little bit. 
And uh, this is right while he's working this other fish, the fish that he was just talking to you about. I was just down below him, and I had, um, you know, it was a decent-sized fish. It was mid-30s. But, man, you could tell he lived in that current. I mean, this was the ugliest muskie I think I've seen in a hot minute. He was all beat up, had scars all over him, had looked like a corner of his mouth on the one side was all ripped up up to his eye. I mean, he was just uglier than hell. But he came in really slow behind it, and whenever I noticed him, I, you know, I sped the fly up, dug it down, and he chased it down and did one little turn in the eight with me, and then I lost him. He just went back out into the current. He was done. Game over. And that, you said that fish had some decent size. Yeah, it was a decent size fit. He was really cool. wide. It wasn't so much that he was long, but he was really thick. I mean, but, but if I was going to take a guess, he's probably like a 35, 36-inch fish. I mean, he was a good-sized fish. Yeah, Did you guys cool. try, like, burning in, like the Paccarini tails and stuff at all? Like, yeah, we threw a little extent. bit of everything. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you rip them. I, I like flies that are kind of, like, smaller, like a real quick rapid movement right now, just back, 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 back and forth. Mm-hmm. Just a lot of, like, shine and just throwing a lot off of them to try to get their attention because i mean it is it's still low so you don't sure. have a lot you I mean you don't want them tracking it that's the last thing i want is you just give them too much room they know what's going on so you just you want them to try to either aggressively get on it or get them to a distance so you can get aggressively to get them speed up to get them deep so them flies right now tend to do that but the first that when i moved back uh, i was on a double with a dragon tail a lot of flash in it mm. But then uh, when I eventually got into the eight, that was on a Black River pick. Deep. Nice. Good, good. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, it just depends on the situation and where it is. And, <clears throat> you know, I mean, changing the fly to the line. And even like that, when we're walking in. Using an intermediate on this? Um, no. What were you guys using? What was I? I had an intermediate. No, I was using a sink six. I was using okay. a sink four. That a sink four that I was throwing on that one. Cause yeah, my fly, that my was a... I got hung up. No, that was a sink three. Yeah, sink four. Sink I ended three. up breaking a fly line right out of the gate in the morning. Got hung up on a oh. on a piece of timber that was down really deep. I mean, it was in there deep. And then that's nice when I'm a line junkie and I always have extras yeah. of everything. <laughs> I got to uh, you know I play with a beautiful hatch for an afternoon and you know spend future money. Yeah, <laughs> I gotta tell you, if I was that hung up with a fly and a I fly bro- line, I broke it though. I'd I'd have gone swimming. Uh, Water seventy some degrees, unless it's I unless was it's the up. local liver. Oh, yeah, we I was waited up. Oh yeah, that, that what were you wearing waders because for? Because it was kind of chilly in the morning, man. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Not to mention it was overcast and supposed to rain yeah. down too. So it was like, yeah, stay dry. Put your snorkel on, man. Send it. I tell you what, though, it was not as it was upper fifties that morning, though. Yeah, I didn't like wearing waders again. That stinks. Yeah, I used to love them, and I always wore them. And then it's like, the older I got, and more I don't like walking in the lunky, you know, just the, the boots. I'm wearing off it, on you. Yeah, I mean, even the you know, get some waiter pants. Them, like after having these new shoes now, them waiting shoes are just they're they're better than any tennis shoe I have. And it's just you wear them around. It's like oh, I want to put them boots back on now if I don't have to. Yeah, I hate wearing waiters. I think now I'm gonna go because I got them new bibs. Mm-hmm. And of like the lacrosses have always been like super super comfy. Not looking for like warmth wise, but like comfort. Right. Boy, that'd be a nice for boat raft. Absolutely. Yeah. And in the boat, uh, even winter time, whatever. I just wear those extra tufts and a pair of bibs. I rarely wear a pair of bibs. Let's be realistic. I'm a skinny fellow. I layer up in the waders. I'm, I'm wearing them all for the warmth. 
Right I, on. I don't. I don't wear them now. I, as yeah. soon as I can not wear a life vest or my waders on the raft, oh, I flip flops, bro. I take a pair of shoes in there just in case for the little bit I may be waiting and getting out and pushing through some stuff. Oh, flip flops, Crocs. I baby. do like them in the winter though, because when you sure? got a layer yeah. up and everything, they are nice. Yeah, I, I bought those waiter. I bought those waiter pants because, I mean, I'm never going out uh, further than my waist, really, and uh, and then I can easily pee, which is also super important. The bad part is though, this time of the year when I don't have waiters is when I tend to just go like nipple deep. Sure. And I, I like <laughs> all the time. It's just like, all right, well, I can go get that fly or I can reach that pool now. Yep. And it's like, I couldn't get there before. Now I'm going to just walk right into it. So it's keep going and do your, that last spot where we ended up stopping at walking down. I'm like, all right, I'm starting to bob here. I can't go any further until like my backpacks <laughs> can be completely submerged. It's like I'm like jumping on my tippy toes, like trying to keep my bag out of the water behind me. I, did I tell you I had to put my dad on my back once <laughs> on the Cape? <laughs> Get him to swallow his pride for a minute. Yeah, but he's only 5'9", and I'm 6'4", and we were crossing this channel, and I was like, you got to get on, dude. I'm sorry. I'm sorry this is happening to you, but <laughs> it's got to happen. Jump on my shoulder, Dad. Yep, but anymore, That's great. if I'm fishing the Cape in the summer, I don't wear waders then. I get a lot of funny looks because, I mean, that water is 55, 60 <sighs> degrees, but... But it's also going to be what seventy five, eighty, or warmer that day too. Outside. Yeah. So I, if it's if if I get cold, which usually doesn't happen, but I can take a step out and just stand there and sun up for a little bit. You're built like a polar bear. I, I mean, get, you don't get cold. I imagine not very often. Well insulated. Very yes. rarely do I get cold, and if I do, it's my fingers. Really. I've never seen you wear any more than like a vest. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, and we've fished in some seriously cold yeah. days. Yeah, I'll wear uh, I'll wear an Under Armour shirt. Yeah, undershirt, and then uh, one of these and a vest, and I'm usually pretty good. Even even January, February, they just lay, don't get cold. <laughs> they lay on flooring upstairs, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> Something up there. <laughs> Might have to. Oh, I mean, we've been in some like running around the dog. Snowy, brutal. Ice on the bank days, and you're in a vest. And I'm like, man, I have like seven layers, like <laughs> a, a vest, like two jackets over it, and then like a park over top of my waders. Oh, the day we went up for hybrid, you were wearing a pair of blue jeans. Yeah. I had like five layers <laughs> on my waders. It's like on. upper 40s and sideways rain. Yeah. I had like, dude, you're oh, nuts. everything. It took me seven minutes, uh, maybe even longer, to get dressed just in the parking lot because yeah. I came straight from work. Jim's sitting there, we're not in a rush. Don't worry, Jay. I'm throwing all kinds of shit on. <laughs> Try not to freeze. You just get out of your car and walk over and jump on a boat. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. You had like a nice jacket on. I hate, uh, I had my vest that, I've got that Sitka vest. I love that vest. Oh, and it was, it was spitting rain every now and then. So I'd put my rain jacket on every now and then. But uh, I hate being encumbered. Like with layers or waders or gloves. I just, I hate it. So I'm fortunate that I don't get cold. Because if I got cold and I hated being encumbered. I'd be miserable. But, I mean, there are times I get cold. I used, to f I used to fish the Allegheny River, or hunt the Allegheny River Valley, and I'd be 22 feet up in a tree stand, and that wind ripping through in December, I remember shivering the whole way down. Oh, the, that tree the, the stand tree will stand. suck it right out of oh, you, man. Oh, man. And that that wind, aluminum's cold. And that wind just cuts. So I've been cold, but 
you had a nice segue there that I want to take and, and, and move on with a little bit is uh, you showed a nice you're getting ready for this season that's oh, coming man, up. It's I, not too far out. The season never ends for me, man. It's just a different phase. Archery season's right around the corner. It is. Uh, you know, I really want to make it a point this year to where I'm looking at a two-man uh, tree stand sitting in the corner over there in the next couple weeks putting it out, getting you, it out there. You need to look into hunting in a saddle, man. I started hunting out of a tree saddle, and I got to tell you, you can get into trees that you normally can't put a tree stand into, and usually those are like in the best spots. Like, I run super skinny trees now. I mean, don't get me wrong. I still hunt out of tree stands, but it's a nice tool to have. I want to set that one up out back there somewhere convenient for my daughter to be able to go out there with me. That was the, first, know, that was the first podcast I was over here for, I think, is whenever I seen that deer out back there. That's a, yeah. That was a nice deer, man. Yeah, I see, We've seen him again a couple times now, and pretty pretty lately, so... I know you saw a couple on your trail cam today. Oh, Get you yeah. all jazzed up, or right? oh, you start man. to see some big horns I'm, on I'm them. I'm pumped. I, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna have two deer for sure that are gonna be 150 to 160 inch class for sure. One of them, the one that I showed you up at, by uh, the amusement park property. Sure. That deer, I think that deer is gonna push 160, 170 inches. That's gonna be a big deer. He's got a lot. A real of, big deer. He's got a lot of stuff going on. He's got a lot of stickers. He's got a lot of tines. I'm gonna have a lot of deductions on him. I don't think he's gonna be a clean 160 to 170. But if that deer gets harvested, I bet you it starts with a 160. Well, hell yeah, you can't beat a deer like that. No, I, I'm I'm willing to shoot any deer at this point. You know, I haven't killed a deer with a bow. Uh, I've shot archery league just a couple of years now and. I mean, I felt comfortable last year. It's about time, getting the time, you know, to yeah. get out and actually be able to spend time in the woods. But I want to make the time this year to really try to get out there and get one, get something, put put meat on the ground. If, if it's a doe, it's a doe. I mean, if it doesn't matter. I'm not – I can't yeah. eat the horns, you know. And like I said, I want to put a deer under the ground, and then I'll start worrying about oh, seeing yeah. giants. Oh, yeah, does early. But it's nice that – you know, there is one walking around back there, and I know there's a deer that's worth, you know, worth a shit. Oh, there's more than just him. Oh, I know. I'm just saying, there. you know, just, when you see him, though, it makes you it makes you confident when you're back to like, oh, there is one around here. When okay, you, I might get yep. lucky. Whenever you pick that one deer that you know that you want, it makes it so hard because I've passed a lot of deer that if I'd have shot them, that probably would have been the biggest deer that I've ever killed, and it's such a hard pill to swallow, man. And yeah, you just got to hold out. I don't swallow that pill. No? You just let it rip? <laughs> I let it my first, My first three archery deer were doe. Uh, I got one that was on its way down. It probably was a six-and-a-half, seven-and-a-half-year-old deer. And when it was in its prime, it was huge. But it was a nice eight when I killed it. But you could tell it was thin, and its teeth were damn near black and ground yeah. the whole way down. I mean, I've been hunting since such a young age. I mean, even deer hunting, I think I started doing that when I was like 10 or 11. So, I mean, I've been bow hunting for a long time. So when you see a lot of deer all the time, I mean, bow hunting, that's that's the beauteous thing about it is you don't got to go out there and shoot a deer. You have a lot of time to do it. It's not like you're confined right. to a week. So you really get an appreciation for what's actually walking out of there, and you get to see different animals, and then you start recognizing the different animals. And the woods is completely different in archery than it is in rifle. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it's 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 magic. Everything's lush. It's alive. Every, yep. the, the wildlife is moving. It, you They're know, moving on their own. Yeah. Yeah. The first couple of weeks is tough because it's hard to see. Yeah. yeah like, I didn't get into bow hunt until I was like 18, 19. 
So at that point, I mean, hunting since I was 12, I'd already killed quite a few bucks. So I was the same way. Like, I would, through bow season, it was like I was shooting a deer I wanted to shoot or I was shooting yep. whatever with a gun. You know, and then come, if I didn't go with a bow, I'd just shoot whatever with a gun. But bow was always like, you got an opportunity to get something in real close. It's like I'm waiting these ones out. I didn't get into archery until my 30s. I'd always just shot rifle. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, too. I mean, I don't want to sound like I'm just, I'm hunting horns. You know what I mean? I'm not looking for the biggest inches or anything like that. I hunt off of age. So, like, my kill criteria, like, if I'm hunting in Pennsylvania, I try to shoot a deer It's like, at least three years old. Because, I mean, at that point, you go to full rack, that's a decent deer. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. on my couple of my properties that I have over in Ohio, just because of the exclusivity of it that I have, I have the ability to let them deer make it to five and six. And I noticed that the five to six-year-old deer, they're just, you. Could, there's a noticeable difference in the body yeah. size, the mass, oh, yeah. everything. I mean, you're still out whacking does and everything. Though. Oh, so yeah. It's not, I mean, that's, and my opinion, PA should be at it, earn a, earn a buck at this point. I mean, we're, I agree. We're the number one highest deer population, you know. It's, yep. Shoot you, one, and then you get a buck tag. Got to go out there and work for it. I yep. mean, when we pay more insurance because of deer accidents, you would think something would be put into place, but it's absolutely just keeps getting more and more and more and more and more. Yeah, the amount of deer I saw driving up to Warren Friday morning. The fact that they're all over the place at 2, 3, 4, 5 o'clock in the afternoon now? Yeah. I yeah, mean, I had one get hit in front of my house the other day at 3.30. Yeah, I was on the road at 4.30 in the morning, and I saw... I don't know, 80 deer between my house and Warren. Oh, I don't doubt it. And not like 70 in a field and then a random deer. But like every mile or two, there's well two or three deer here. Two well, or this three is here. the time of the year where you're going to see the deer relocating to where they're going to actually spend their fall. So like during the summertime, like because I have deer that summer with me and I don't see them in the fall and vice versa. So, I mean, this is the time where those deer are going to start finding where they're going to have for their territory because they're going to have bedding. They're going to have food. They're going to have water. And that's it. So if you can find those three things, if they don't have it where they're at, they're going to find it. So you're going to see a lot of deer transitioning right now in this midsummer time because you're, you got the bucks starting to full velvet up. They're getting ready to find their territory spots that they're going to have for the rut, and the does are going to follow the bucks. Yeah, you got them moving all over the place. But and a gonna, bunch of little ones, little babies. But, I mean, I've even noticed yeah, on cameras, too, like I have a lot of midday movement, like in between like 1 and 3 o'clock, a lot <laughs> of midday movement right now. Yeah. I see them in the yard every day between noon and, and three. Well, I don't during the week. I get pictures of them from my kids. But yeah, hmm. a lot of deer. Uh, so on b- that, before we go to airing of grievance, we can, we can, about the we deer. can hold off on that. I, I got to get another beer. My wife has beers up for me upstairs. So, oh, nice. Do you, uh, do you guys want to take a little two seconder and then we'll come back with giant catfish airing of grievance and the rest of the talk? Yeah, well, let me uh, let me just real yeah, quick talk about my day with Red. I went musky fishing with uh, Red Childress and my buddy Joe on Friday. We started at six. We fished the whole way till three, nonstop. Eight eight lunch on the run. We moved zero muskies. It was it was tough, but you know it was two days after that cold front ripped through. It was it was tough, but we fished hard. We had a good time. Uh, Red is uh amazing like that dude is just super knowledgeable super smart knows muskies really really well he's uh i didn't i didn't know he was a d1 wrestler so that was cool we talked a lot of sports and a lot of fishing picking his brain it was it was good it was a it was a real nice time and uh thanks joe if you listen i don't know if you do or not 
uh, for the day. It was it was awesome. If if you're looking to fish that Warren area, hit up Red Childress. He's he's awesome. Yeah, for your river, he's he's the one that knows it. Absolutely. And I was it, for you, you know, as much as you fish, even it's a set, different section of that river, but it's the same water. And yeah. to pick his brain on the water that you you fish, and you know, you have a boat for. Yep, that's wor- that's wor- priceless. Worth every penny. Also, I have said for years that I, I, I am envious of no boat out there. I love my boat. <laughs> I am envious of Red's boat. That thing is badass. It's What's al- he running? It's almost a twenty-two foot River Jet Pro center console. It's a little further back, uh, inboard jet. Mm. It's it's wider than mine. It's longer than mine. And there was a time we were going through three inches of water on plane, and we didn't bump. It's so you're trading your boat in next year? No, I'm not. Uh, the river jets. There was a problem with the owner. Some guy hatched a scheme to befriend him, and then start working for him, and then caused an accident at the. At the facility, ended up suing the owner of Riverjet, and took his company. Mm. And then they figured out what happened, and now he's close to getting his company back. Holy crap! I'd but watch that Netflix series. But it <laughs> <laughs> where uh, watch that. where are they out of? I don't know, but they're that. That's what Wiggle Brothers used to be known for: is the Riverjet Pro boats, and they're awesome boats. Uh, if they get that contract again. I may consider it. I really might. You may consider it. May consider it last uh, like a week for you. Yeah, I'll and buy then it. you're like, I'm gonna, I got it. I have to yeah, I'm get gonna it. do it. I'm yeah. gonna buy it. And then my wife leaves, and that'll be weird. But they <laughs> 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 just need <laughs> single again. <laughs> More room for the kids on the 22 footer. <laughs> yeah, kids, but we're gonna a, be living on this boat now. Yeah, that, oh, we could. <laughs> we could, brother. They under six figures. I think he got his boat for thirty-five, but that was like fifteen years ago. So it's probably oh. like fifty grand now. Yeah. Which I could sell my boat for thirty. Then it only take twenty grand to get that. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break. <laughs> so you know, I'm I'm working the other day, and Jim, uh, we're all working, I'm sure. Uh, but Jim sends a a, a message to our our uh, group message we have with the four of us. And he sends us, it's a 100-pound catfish. and uh, Big-ass catfish. I stop when I get the text, and I show my dad. I'm like, you got to see this. He's like, oh, my God. And, and, and then I read on to find out that they noodled it. They noodled that fish out of 14 foot of water with two people in Texas somewhere. Somewhere, oh, two Boye Boye guys went down and went, there's a hole down there. Let's go get them and wrestled a sub hundred pound fish out of a hole. I can only imagine what it would be like to latch on to that thing down there. Like, I wonder how those guys know, like, and I'm sure they didn't know it was a hundred pounds at first. They just knew there was a catfish in a hole. Well, they, it, it said that they like felt the fish, like the fish beat the shit out of them in oh, the hole yeah. before they were able to get it out and like get control of it and like even try to get it up to the surface like i'm sure that was a struggle in its own while it was in its den that's nuts or do they have scuba gear on i mean no they're just down there with 
They got some starter had... shorts and some New Balances <laughs> on. <laughs> I was gonna guess jorts. Yeah, even then. <laughs> no, the J. They're wearing jorts. Uh, um, I just been fourteen feet down. I, I mean, I I don't have the best holding my you know skill of holding my breath, but God, I wouldn't want to. No, no, yeah. it would have ate me. I read somewhere Hole. not that long ago that it would take a fish a third of your body weight to drown you in water, like if it was above your head. A oh. fish a third of your body weight. Well, then fuck that fish. That fish would have I ate, got it. it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Barely. But like if me or you grabbed onto that, we got a different problem, man. I We got to hope the fish decides to let us go. That's what I was kind of like. I talked to most, you know, talking to the guys. Like if it grabs onto your arm, like that's what they do. They usually they stick their arm, mm. hand in its mouth and they pull, you know. That thing grabs my arm, and I'm now I'm down there drowning. Yes, you are. Because I was an idiot. Because I yeah. tried to stick my hand in a catfish's mouth. You that's absolutely like, are. That's like a thirty-gallon food barrel, like an opening for a mouth. Like that thing had to be huge. Because I, I mean, I've caught you know big fish, you know, fifty, sixty-pound fish, and I mean their heads are enormous. Like they're all head. I can only imagine how big that fish's well, head. That's five five-gallon bucket. Yeah. That's like a legit big fish. Five gallon bucket head. And you know when a flathead is big when its belly is bigger than its head. Yeah. And its head is gargantuan. That thing had it the biggest belly. Oh my gosh, I'd ever, I mean it was humongous. Just absolutely look look, you know, like one of those giant carps that almost look stupid. Mm-hmm. You know, because they're so big. That's what that flathead looked like. It just looked like unproportioned. You know, it wasn't it wasn't right. That uh, guy is Mr. Steal Your Girl in his hometown for forever now. That thing almost looked like a goonch. In the, definitely, yeah, definitely. yeah, it did look like a goonch. You're not wrong. It did. Very much so. I, so. I'm pretty comfortable underwater. Uh, I can hold my breath for about two minutes, not exerting myself, right? Like not fighting a 100-pound catfish. I don't know that I could have won that fight. I wouldn't even want to try it. I I'm never going to try it. I can't jujitsu it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't pressure point a fish. Your your right? whole goal is to shove your fist down its mouth and reach out a side of the gill plate. That's all you that's that's all you can do with that and then hold on. Yeah. And then you and gotta try to wrestle it between your legs and that's it. Yeah, I think I could push up off the like if it was six feet of water, I think no problem. If it was eight feet of water, I think no problem. Yeah, I, I would think that would be like my limit too. If I was in yeah, six feet of water, I'd feel a lot better than fourteen I feet I, of water. I think I would crap my pants if I was in that scenario to begin with. Fourteen feet of water, you can't see anything down there, and now a fish that is big enough to swallow your whole forearm, and you're reaching out the back of its gill plate. I think that's a problem in its own right there. I think that's a whole different scare factor. Well, I would have took my flippers. <laughs> <laughs> and my <laughs> snorkel gear. You have seen me going in there, <laughs> flip flop, flip flop, right into that swamp. Jay's going to fight the kraken. But man, I'll pull him up. I I have no desire to do that in like a foot of water. I just I don't like sticking my hand. You have hold on. I need to I need to, how to figure out how to phrase this correctly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like exploring the muddy banks of a creek or a river. And putting my hands in places I'm not familiar with. My biggest did I, fear. Did I handle that right? Sure. I, I feel good. Yeah, well done. <laughs> well done. You know what else could be down there that I see quite a few of? Snapping turtles. Exactly. Snapping turtles. Yeah. You you have three choices. Okay. And <laughs> I've had people ask me, oh, do you ever noodle them? No. I'm never going to go noodling for catfish because you have three options. Okay. Option one, it's the fish. 
And you know what? You're going to get bit anyway, but at least that's what you're going after. Option two, it's going to be a snapping turtle, which I like all of my fingers. <laughs> and option three, this one is probably the worst out of all three, and I don't want to do with this one. It's a muskrat. And if it's a muskrat, <laughs> that's an underwater squirrel, man. I'm not messing with that. <laughs> no way. I'm not messing with that. Yeah. Awful. I, I snagged a muskrat once uh, trolling for walleye when I was a teenager. <laughs> we, were, we were nighttime trolling. That thing was mad. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know what we had, and I brought it to the boat. And my grandpa was like, "Cut the line! Cut the line!" I'm like, all right. But at first, I thought it was, you know, a giant walleye. And then it was splash, screaming, started splashing and screaming. And I'm like, "Uh oh." <laughs> this thing's yeah, alive in a different way. Yeah, I got a fisher at my house. Did I tell you this? Hmm. I haven't had. I haven't seen porcupine in years. Because I usually shoot them. Uh, and and we were pulling into the house the other day. And we got that little creek that runs through the front of, front of my yard. And this little, this thing rushes through from the driveway into the woods and then runs down through. And my wife's like, that was cute. And I'm like, that's either a fisher or a mink. I'm sure it was a weasel. Wasn't a, I Googled it and, I mean, it was 100% fisher. All black. Yeah. Yep. Big, the big furry ears. Yep. It was, yeah. It was a fisher. I got a weasel at the house, and he's got like a red back on him, and he's just, you'll see him just boop, 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 like along the edge of the field line. We want to talk about a predator, though. Ooh. Oh, my God. He went in one night and took out six chickens. I bet. Good night. Yeah. Well, that's that, that killed my wife's dreams of chickens. I'm like, that fisher will kill every chicken. <laughs> that fisher will kill the baby deer around the area. They're, 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 they're too they're, smart to be a rodent. They're mean creatures. Are they a rodent? I don't know if they are a rodent. I would classify them as a rodent myself. We looked it up for raccoons the other day. They're not a rodent. I mean, they're a fur bearer for sure. My buddy has a pheasant farm in Titusville, and uh, one fisher got into one of his pens, killed 149. Wow. Oh, my God. In one night. Holy shit. Oh, yeah. So that would be like, so that I would assume that they're probably like raccoons because the one landowner that I hunt on with all the chickens, like I showed you guys. He has a problem with raccoons. He said they'll go in there, just kill stuff to kill it. They won't eat it or nothing. They'll just kill one, go on to the next one, kill another one, go on to the next one. So, I mean, hmm, maybe that's just an ongoing asshole trait for all of those little furry animals. Yeah. But uh, I don't know the first thing about trapping. I've only went out once with a buddy, and I had to club a possum. And I was like, I don't want to do this. Yeah, dude, I tried trapping <laughs> once. I Possums use, aren't bad. I use cup yeah. traps for coons. And... When you walk up on them, man, and they're like looking at you like, motherfucker, are you going to kill me? Yes. Like, I can't. Uh, that's not. Yeah, that's, there's no sportsman like thing for me. It's not like <clears throat> this is the old west and I got to, you know, trap yeah. furs to survive. So, yeah. yeah, it wasn't for me. Yeah, as a kid, you know, a little bit. Got into it just a little. Uh, again, man, I don't know. Again, it's one of those things. I'd rather walk up to something dead than not dead already. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, you get something weird in there, and now you got, you know, your neighbor's cat's in there, and now, yep. you know, something odd happened, you know. Son of a gun. Yeah, things the older you get, there's got to be a purpose behind it. And yeah. A couple yeah. bucks then, it's like when we were trapping, you know, you got five, six, eight bucks for a raccoon. It was worth it. You go out for school, and my cousin, and you pick up, you know, you get 15 or 20 in a week. Now it's, they're worth 50 cents a piece, you yeah. know? 
So what do yeah. you do? Isn't worth the time to drive there and go do it anymore? Yeah, a lot of guys now are focusing on Fishers, Mink, Fox, Fox, and uh, Bobcat. Because mm-hmm. you can trap one Bobcat a year. If I do hit that sweet spot whenever I'm coyote hunting, though, if I do have a crack at a fox, I will smoke a fox. I don't think I could shoot a fox. Oh, yeah. I can't. I have. I think they're too damn cute. <laughs> they eat everything, too. Too damn cute. I wanted to get it mounted, <laughs> yeah. but I and plus, absolutely destroyed it. In the I shot. have childhood trauma from the fox and the hound. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that? Oh, I absolutely remember that movie, yes. Yeah. I was like, oh, don't I bring Todd into this. Oh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Mm-hmm. No it's killing foxes for me. You know, one of those things, like I've seen a couple coyotes. Uh, when I was younger, I saw one, and I hadn't, I haven't seen any as of lately since I you know, got back into hunting, being a little older. Uh, but saw one when I was a kid. It, I didn't know any better, so I really didn't shoot it. Then I got yelled at by everybody when I told them what I saw, and I didn't shoot it. But, uh. I don't know. I heard my uncle shoot one with a muzzleloader one time, and woo, didn't sound didn't sound good. Sounded like somebody shot old Yeller. I don't care and what I have. I'm shooting too. them. Yeah, yeah, I I I've never passed uh, shooting a coyote. Mm. Uh, yeah, there's a couple things I just won't kill because I don't like bears. Uh, my mother-in-law was taking Xavier to church today, and she's from uh, Peoria, Illinois, and they're on their way. And she called. She's like, "There's, there's, there. Do you have bears here?" Yeah, lots of them. She goes, there's there's one headed towards your woods. Make sure everybody's inside and the dogs are... I was like, it's okay. It's just a black bear. She's like, it's... Make sure Silas is inside. I'm like, it's a black bear. You can fart at it and it will run away. Yeah. Everything's going to be... And it was just a little feller. She said he was a little taller than Remy. I'm like, it's probably just a cub. You're fine. I mean, mama's around, but... Somewhere, yeah. On the flip side, though, if you I didn't ask her if she'd never seen a bear before, but my guess is she'd never seen a wild bear before because you don't get them in Peoria. On the flip side, though, if you you do run across a black bear and it doesn't run from you, you might have an issue. No, the bear will have an issue. (laughs) We, uh... (laughs) Yeah, we shot into the side of a hill. One had some uh, ransack our cabin and uh, Benazet one t- one day getting stealing picnic bags, baskets and our uh, marshmallows. Picnic baskets. Yeah, they were, and they. I watched them rip this all kinds of marshmallows apart. They're flying everywhere. They're just sucking them down one after another. We're yelling at them to leave, shooting nine millimeters in the side of hills, and only one that left was mom. And all the cubs are just, no, no, we're good. Yeah. These are good. We're good, Young thanks. and dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Young and dumb. Yep. I could totally beat up a bear cub, though. I bet you no, it would, not it would give mom. you a more of a struggle than what you would think. No, no, I am completely prepared to be gutted by it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I think I could choke out a bear cub. I don't think I could choke out gonna, mama we're gonna, bear. We're going to try this. At what weight do you think you can no longer handle a bear cub? Do you think like a 90-pound cub you think you can handle? 60 pounds, 65 pounds. Yeah, that's where your cutoff is. I think so. <laughs> I don't think I want to get bit by a 15-pound cub. I don't want to get, <laughs> get bit by anything. And the situation, again, is only yeah. if it's a stare-down, I know I can't outrun you, mm-hmm. I have to fight you to survive. <laughs> Chris, bear fight. Yeah, there I was, me <laughs> no, standing off against it, a 65-pound cub. Yeah, cub fight. <laughs> cub fight. <laughs> 
I'd love to see the scenario where the cub actually stands off those guys. <laughs> when it when it comes in there and gives you a one good kick swift to uh, the gut, and then stunners your ass, then you know that's what's going to end up happening. You I gotta be that. honest, that cub deserves to win. I want to see you. <laughs> I want to see you against a kangaroo. Oh, that's like way agile, better. Agile jump around, <laughs> a couple like misses, and then boom, like a little hook from him, and Sims is just stunned, like, looking around like, "What you have it? One, one good double kick to the gut. Kang- oh, kangaroos man. are just deer that went to prison. You, <laughs> you remember that video from a couple years ago when that kangaroo's messing with that guy's dog? He yeah. punched yeah. it. Punches he just the punches it right yeah. in the face. That kangaroo squared right back up with him, though. Yeah, he, he got out of there pretty quick after that. The kangaroo mm-hmm. ate it. They are like weird ass deer, aren't they? That's yeah. why I'm a fan of. Uh, I mean, I don't go very many places without that little. Yeah, Australia's not on my list of places to go. Everything wants to kill you there. Well, I mean, yeah, if I'm generally know. outside, there's a 365 XL in my waist. Not that I would shoot a bear cub, but I I enjoy my my freedom to carry a, a little tiny cig around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little bit of America goes a long a way. A little bit of America. Hell yeah. So I'm gonna. We, all this animal talk, I'm going to get into my airing of grievances because it has to do with animal animals. It and, does. And I can't, man, I can't speak tonight. I had too much booze and things yesterday. I'm just, I'm, I'm bad off right now. I'm going to tell you, you are shockingly sober by this point of the evening, too. Well, it was a hard day yesterday. <laughs> that, uh, that's a good assessment. That's a yeah. really good assessment. <laughs> if, uh, we'll get into that later. Um, my airing of grievance. <clears throat> and I think a lot of guys in the state of Pennsylvania had the same airing of grievance. Uh why couldn't they have just kept us getting our hunting license the same? I disagree with you. You disagree? I do. I, I, I didn't like everybody rushing online. It's not that the system broke down, but, you know, it just was such a pain in the ass. Uh, I was like number, we talked about it, you were number 67,000 and I was 72,000. Yep. If you tried to buy your license Monday morning, when they said you can go buy your license... Uh, it was, I was number 67,000. And then you put your email in and I didn't, I didn't do that. I didn't even do that either. And, but I, I talked to a couple guys that put their email in, excuse me. And, uh, they got, um, they got emailed back. One of them was at four o'clock and the other guy was at five o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. Uh, to get on, to actually be able to get your things. My uncle is not very computer savvy. He went to Walmart and the line was outside, you yes. know, and uh, he went down to the local warehouse sales in beautiful downtown Sharon. And uh, the line was outside there, too. He said he saw head after head after head. He's like, oh, gosh. So I don't know what he did. Hopefully he got his. But I was able to get mine the next day. Uh, yeah, <clears> and you texted me. You said, no wait, no line. And I got right on and I did it. And I texted two people, my dad and then you. And I appreciate that. And and the reason I I disagree with you is, it took because the second I saw it was number sixty seven thousand in line, I went nope, and I clicked out of it, and then I did I wasn't going to worry about it again for another couple days because all those WM WMUs WMUs have like ninety thousand a hundred thousand doe tags attached to them. They're not going to sell out in the first couple of days. Ninety nine percent of them go to the bonus tag stage anyway. I was just going to wait a week, which well, is a not, lot. Which F, is a, F is usually F usually sells out the first time. I got a bonus tag last F. year in Did 2F. You? Yep. Uh, but for those of you who don't know how Pennsylvania does their doe licensing, 
when you you would when you bought your physical deer license, you would then receive one, two, or three pink envelopes, and you would take those home. I'm gonna miss those. And you're gonna fill out these pink envelopes. You you write your address on the front. You write your address on the inside. You write your return address on the front and your return address on the inside. You have to go into the book to look up the the address of your local county courthouse. Write that in. Put a stamp on the outside, a stamp on the inside, and then fill out the application by hand for your doe license. And it all had to be filled out correctly or you did not get shit. Correct. And then you could only mail them the Friday before the Monday they were to arrive at the courthouse. It was the most convoluted, archaic piece of shit system that Pennsylvania has held on to for decades. So this year, they they transitioned to you're allowed to buy one doe license online or in person when you buy your regular license. I think the first year there were some hiccups. I know for the first year there were some hiccups. But I think they'll be prepared and ready for every subsequent year after this. <laughs> it was worth... You know, I, I'd rather have the girls or whoever, the guy, girl, whoever goes through all the paperwork to have to go through all the paperwork. Like, so so where's... All, like, that, that person got paid or those people got paid to rifled through all that paperwork, right? They were in Venango County, they were already county employees. So, they were they were it being was additional work. Yeah, it was additional work. They were being taken from their duties to to run those tags. I can't speak for every other county. I just know Venango. Mm-hmm. So, other work wasn't being done for that to be done. The only advantage was the county used to get a dollar for every tag. Because you, you wrote your check out to County of Venango, Lawrence County, whoever, and the, and the county got to keep a dollar of it. And the state worked something out with the counties where they're still going to get paid for the amount of licenses sold within their county. So, so they're still going to get paid. It saves me an hour every year of filling out those archaic pink tags for 48 hours, hopefully only 48 hours of first-time inconvenience. I'm okay with it. I used to love going up at midnight and dropping my yeah, my little pink thing off at the Mercer Courthouse. <laughs> we and this is back when it was actually before we had the WMU whatever you're talking about like yeah. the different sections. It was Mercer County, Lawrence really? County, you know. Oh yeah, man. Jeez. Just to make sure we got our doe tags oh in and stuff. God. But you don't oh, have yeah. to do that now. There would be bunches oh. of the guys doing that. We have the internet. We're not cavemen. Yeah, like I, I understand. I have an account on, and there. I'm usually very forward about all this stuff. But here, here's my uh, here's my other side of my airing of grievance because mm-hmm. I got a big ass fine last year for not having my deer tag on me. Well, if I have to go online to buy, and I, it was in deer season, it was in duck. I wasn't tagging any ducks, and I had my duck stamp on me. But you didn't have your license. My physical license wasn't on me. It was in my other pants because it was eight degrees the day week before when we went, and this week was a little warmer. Wore different clothing, and forgot my shit. Take a picture of it, man. Well, I d- d- he said I couldn't even show him a picture on the phone. No, 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 no. Oh, There's no digital copy. Blah blah blah. He told me no. It need to have my it physical license. Sounds on me. like you just had a really uh, <clears throat> a dickhead DNR guy for the day. He, he seemed a, he really nice until day. that moment, but uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyway, it was my fault. I should have had it on me. I made the mistake. 
<clears throat> but if this is the way you're going to buy it, if we can buy it here, I should be able to physically show it there because that's where I show my fishing yeah. license at. If I have my fishing license at the show a guy, which they usually don't ask anymore, but you know, if you do, it's right on your phone. You can just show it to them. Yep. Done. It's I really convenient. You don't have to, you know, hopefully you don't didn't lose any charge on your phone or whatever and it goes dead. But even then, like, I've shown I think my hunting license to uh, the game commission officers before on my phone and they were fine with it. I had not not my doe tag. Like you have to have your physical. Yeah. Like if you're deer hunting, yeah. you have yeah. to have the physical tag. Well, I even had the physical doe other side of the doe tag that I, you know, pulled off because I put the other side on my deer. Right. It was sitting there. Like, huh. and I was like, "Here's part of it. It had my CID number and everything on it." Nope, wasn't good enough. Yeah, sounds like you were a jerk. Yeah. And what a f what a fortune! Holy. Hell, to yeah. even and, and for uh, not not for the deer hunting so much and and, and the, that all kind of made sense. Twenty eight dollars for a duck stamp. And I hope that goes somewhere great that they're doing some great work with ducks. But because you don't get any, there's no meat on a duck. You pay yeah. six dollars for a doe tag, and I can fill a half a freezer. You know what I mean with the, with a couple dough. It's federal and a buck. The, yeah, the, duck, yes. the duck stamps federal. Oh, that makes all the more sense now. Yep. Yeah, I don't know what they what it goes towards, but I can just say it's federal, and we all nod our head and go, "Oh yeah." No, that makes more sense. No wonder <laughs> it's twenty eight gosh darn dollars. It's, it's for nukes. stupid. It's yeah. going towards nukes. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Now that's all making a little more sense. And uh -huh. then you got to add. Then you add that migratory game bird. You know, you got to get that too and the duck stamp. Yeah, you just paid Tor for a bolt on an F thirty five. Yeah. <laughs> twenty six bucks of its tax though. Mm hmm. $26 of it is tax. Oh, Hopefully some of it shame. goes to pay the artist. Those duck stamps are beautiful. Oh, they're awesome. That's the coolest mm -hmm. thing about it. Still, you used to get them at the post office? Yeah. Yes, you used to get them at the post office. You used to yeah. only could get them at the post office. Now you can get them at the, the, the courthouse yes. now, right? Yep, and some, some retailers have them too. And you can get them online When you now. get them online, they just send you <coughs> the actual... Because they actually were back-ordered or something on them because they sent me... Last year, they sent me two years' worth. Oh, nice. Yeah, and then you just had... I had to use the uh, temporary one that they had. Cool. But okay. yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a little bit of a shit show at first. It kind of made me annoyed at first. You're probably right, Chris. In the future, it will probably get better. Maybe I'll, maybe we'll see. The yeah. First run. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's progress. It was one of my big two gripes with Pennsylvania Game Commission. The first one being we can only hunt Sundays three days a year. The second one being the pink envelopes. Because, I mean, I'd sit at my desk at work and I would, I would fill all three out at once, and I'd get them all ready, and then I'd put a post-it on it on the day I have to send it, and they'd sit in my truck so I could send them in and the corresponding dates, and hopefully it didn't get there too soon because they'll throw it away if it gets there too soon, and if it gets there too late, you're not going to get it, and then you don't know for another three weeks until they cash your check if you got it or not. I think this will be nice. so I already know I have my dough tag then? Yeah. Oh, good for me then. So I didn't know how that all worked. That's the whole point, man. Yeah, if you instant so, gratification. So when you go to buy your bonus tag, which I think will be another cluster, but <laughs> when you go to buy your bonus tag, I imagine if there are no two F left, you can't select two F. Like if you go to a website and you're like, I want that shirt and medium, and they're like, No. I imagine it'll be the same for it's extra medium, but sure, thanks. Extra medium? Yeah, you gotta put the arms medium in here. Medium sold out. What arms? The, the, the guns over here, bud. Come on. Uh-huh. The miniguns. <laughs> <laughs> so I get it. It was it was super it was scary because that first day you're like, I'm not gonna get a license. Right? Yeah. And then 
I figured I'd wait a week. I only had to wait one day, and, and you texted me, and then I, I, know, I got to work the next day, and they're like, yeah. the, the guy I hunt with, Bob, told me. He's like, yeah, they're on there, easy to get. And I got on to check again, and fine. Yeah, once I I tried the first time, then I tried again later that day. It was still pretty bad, so then I went on the next day. And at that point, it it said, you are five in line for like a split second and just let me in there. It was it was pretty pretty quick and easy. And it's just like buying your fishing license online like we do. Like I said, they should they should give us Sundays. I'm with the Sunday thing. Yeah. Chad always used to be against the Sunday thing because he wants to walk in the woods on Sundays. I you can walk in the woods. You you might mess up my hunting and I might be mad, but you have, I should still have the right to hunt. Yeah, you have the same rights. Uh just put some orange on, right? Like I'm not gonna confuse you for a squirrel or a roughed grouse when you're looking for mushrooms. No. And you're not looking for mushrooms. Yeah, uh, November 5th. Yeah. You're not looking for mushrooms. Yeah, the end of October, when you can finally hunt grouse because there's no more leaf cover. So, hey, guys, do you want to talk a little bit of gear for a little bit? Yeah. I think that's a good idea. We uh, Before we got started, Mark and I started talking about fly lines and the the different fly lines I was using on Friday the different types, the different weights. The guy I fished with, Joe, had different lines than I did. I, he threw my rod. I threw his just to try them out. And it uh, turns out I really like my Cortland lines. <laughs> uh, and and I don't say that just because we're sponsored by Cortland. I have a couple SA lines I like too. But but in general, I really, really like that, that Cortland Compact Sync 9 I was throwing. And since it was hot out and the water was warmer... Since it's only it's it's a mono core, so if it gets too cold, you're gonna hate that line. You it's just gonna coil, and the memory on it is you're gonna be upset about it, like Mark was. But uh, this this time of year, this weather, that is a great mono core line, and I think that's something we should talk about is when you're looking at a fly line, what is that core? You know, not just what's the grain weight, what's the sink rate, how long's the head, what's the taper look like. But I, in my opinion, and I, and I know Mark's, that core, the core, what it's made of is super important. Well, and just like the other day when I was pulling on that snaggy, yours trying to get out and the fly line broke. It's obviously f- lower than 40 pound. Yeah. So, I mean, it's having a 50 pound braid core now allows our 40 pound to be, you know, break points for us too. Yeah. That used to not be the case. I mean, I can't tell you how many fly lines I broke, you know, 30, 40, 50 of them. It's just in the afternoon, you know, it's just nothing you can do. Put a break point in. So yeah. Now that is, which is nice. So you snag up, you can at least still break your leader. Yep. And so uh just let's let's go over some lines and their applications and what you use them for. So we're not gonna talk about weights right now, like eight weight, nine weight, ten weight, twelve weight. Uh, but for the, the people just, just getting into it, I mean, there's a lot of different lines. And when we say a sink nine, what that means is it's going to sink nine inches per second. So if you do a two count, you know, you cast, it lands one, 1,000 to 1,000. If you have a neutrally buoyant fly, that's going to sink 18 inches in those two seconds. So if you have a sink five, same thing, but five inches. Yeah, and a lot, you ask a lot of people what kind of line you have. I'm like, oh, I got a 450 grain. 
Okay, good. 450 grain wood. Yeah, and that's a lot of people just think like as they go up, it gets heavier, and that's that's the truth, but it doesn't mean it sinks deeper. They all still have, I mean, you can take a 500 grain, you can get in the floater and intermediate, sink four, sink eight, sink nine. Yep. So, I mean, their options are unlimited. But like, I mean, myself, I, you know, if it's like, what's the right line for this situation? Asking me, it's like, yeah, all of them. Yeah, what, what the fly only, are you throwing? The only thing I don't use is like right now, if it's really low, I'm probably not going to, I said earlier, I was using a sink six, but that's kind of a mystery line. It is a sink six, but it's a short six. I'm not using a lot of full sinks. But other than that, like sink four, still great now. Intermediate, you can use float. I mean, you can use every single kind of line right now. Yeah. But make sure when you are getting that 450, it is matching to the rod. So that grain weight, know your rod, and that is going to be what is going to fit that rod right. Because every rod likes something different. Absolutely. And some of them like longer heads. Some of them like more compact. And it's finding that right line to match the rod. They all got a sweet spot, and when you find it, it's money. Yeah, like that T that Sage TCR I have. It's an eight weight, uh, but you can't throw an eight weight line on it. It does not load that rod. You need to line up one or two line line weights on that rod to be able to properly load it and throw it. And you know, you get these old traditional guys. They're like, "Well, you're just casting wrong. You should never have to overline a rod." That guy's wrong and dumb. Sure. Well, that was also at a time period, too, where them rods were transitioning. Mm -hmm. And the fly lines were still running at your typical, you know, 140, 160, 210, 240. Now a lot of these rods, I mean, like that payload, the 8 weight's 260 to 320. That's not even nowhere close what an 8 weight is. Right. And that was like a transition point where that rod, where they were getting a lot faster and needing to be overlined. So an 8 weight now, crap, most of them are running like 260. Or what's a traditional 8? Is it 240 or is it 210? I, I think it's it 210. 210. It's 180. Yeah. yeah, 180 on a 7, so 210. Yeah. Yep. Well, so and I... a long way over the last six, seven, eight years. I emailed years. Sim, or I emailed Sage about that R8 Salt that I have on order. And they said they built this rod for the current lines. So, so that's 7 weight. I should two. put a 7 weight line on it. Where in the past... Those faster action rods, you generally wanted to line up. Yeah, that yeah, that was generally speaking. That's when you know started fly fishing. It was always you know you line you line up. You just you a little bit heavier than what you got a seven weight. You get an eight weight. Just well, so like, loads the rod. And like in our situation, like the two pieces, uh, eight weight. That thing, oh man, with a three thirty on it, that's a nine weight, and maybe even a little little bit of a heavier nine, but it casted phenomenally. The ten weights, they love four fifty two piece. 450 is great. 12, 5, 600. You can easily do six with it. It really likes five. And the thing I like about five, too. Well, you're is relating you this to the most of the Chippewa yeah, rods. Yeah, that's why I said speaking yeah, on arm with yeah, the Chippewa, okay. the two yeah. piece. Yeah. Now, the thing I like about throwing a five on the 12, though, too, is you got to take into account the grain that your fly is going to be, too. So when I'm throwing a 12, I'm almost always usually throwing, you know, doubles on it. You got yeah. a heavier fly. That helps load down a little bit more, too. Mm -hmm. Now, if I was going to go throw singles all day on the 12, I would probably want a 600 on a little bit more. But you also got to take, you know, what you're throwing and accommodate that. So that makes, and it's, I love again, that. you got to find that sweet spot in the rod with the line. That 500 on the 12 weight for me is That's perfect. just about, per it's a little light on the doubles. Uh, the only reason I meant, because you get that hard pull when that 
when that fly gets to the back, it gives it a real hard pull. And on the singles, you don't you don't feel that at all. I mean, you're not like when when you're casting that twelve weight with a five hundred grain on a single, you don't feel the fly at all. It's just weight. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I was no, I I started that and I completely lost my train of thought. I started thinking about something else. But uh, we got the Cortland page pulled up here, and they've got a couple different types of lines. For in their specialty series, they've got the Pike Muskie, they've got their compact, their compact heads, and their different sink types, uh, and the one I just got for stripers is their. Uh, Did you get the striper line? No, I didn't get the striper line. The I picture got, at the top looks like Mark and Jim. It does look like. Yeah, that's, <laughs> 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 that's great. That's because it's a woman up front. Uh, Jim was a, a joke, Jim. Jim's a you. woman. Did I tell you what, though? The striper lines? I'm going to kick my ass later. <laughs> the striper lines and the taper on them, I really dig. That's a nice line. I've been really happy with that. I've been using it as an eight-weight intermediate. I got the streamer sink tip uh, 15. Okay. Yeah. So it's 15 feet of sinking line. I have the same thing. I really like it. Uh, for. I also I picked that up. Yeah, mine's a sink six. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's only s- six per second. I want to get a, a three. You know what I mean? It's even something a little bit lighter when it gets a little lower. Um, yep. But it's perfect for, you know, you're throwing anything, D&D, something like that. You want to get into a pocket. You don't need a ton of sinking line. You just want to get it in, get it down, get down quick, get it back out of there, you know? Yep. Get her in quick and deep and pull her out. Yep. And yeah. the reason <laughs> the reason <laughs> I got that one it. over the compact series is it's braided yeah, it's multifilament. Multi-filament. Yep, and I want I wanted that braid. I'm I'm trying to transition all my lines away from mono, which Just is take ex- coiling away altogether. Absolutely, because there's nothing that pisses you off more when you've got you've got the perfect load. You're about to send <laughs> perfect load on your rod, your fly rod, and you're about, <laughs> you're about you to send, that, send that, fly. that. Is that the name of this one? The perfect load. <laughs> hey, you got no. you got to send that load. No, it's not the perfect load. And you've got a you've got a coiled knot well, in your you line. Well, you just sent one of those not too long ago. Yeah, about ten months. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Oh, that's great. Well, uh, yeah. So I there mean, we but, are. And again, it's uh, a lot of it. You know what what flies you're going to be using, what you're going to be doing with them, and transitioning because every, I mean, you can use four different lines with one kind of fly. It's your scenario. How quick do you need to get there? Where are they eating from? How you know? How much room do you have from the time that fly lands to where the ambush point is? So what do you need? Yeah. And everyone can work. So it's yep. like using that sentiment. I mean, a lot of people don't want to go and buy a lot of lines, and I get that. And intermediate's a great one to always have. But there's going to reach a point where an intermediate's just not going to get you down either if it's too much current or too big of a fly. Sync 4 definitely helps hit a lot. You can work a lot of things with a Sync 4 line. Yep. So, I mean, that's a good versatile one that if you're doing a lot and you want to kind of keep it to one, Sync 4 isn't a bad one to have. And I really like those SA triple density lines, like that 357. You know, if you're fishing a boulder field, to know that the front of your line is still a little further above those boulders, you're not getting hung up nearly as much. You're still going to get hung up, don't get me wrong. But if that, that Sync 9 I was fishing with the other day, you know, that's when you're when you're pulling along, any part of that line can get hung up where that, that triple density taper, you know, it's 
it's sinking at a almost a 45 degree angle. So when you start to strip back, you're not stripping the bulk of that fly line against the rocks and everything. Now here's another thing to consider too is the run a sink six. Throw, let's set, say, two, three, four, five. And as you're stripping, you're angling the rod with it. As it's going downstream, burying the rod tip down to where it's two, three, four guides, then at that point, it should be hovering you above that depth and holding you and maintaining that depth. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So drop it off that ledge, swing it right down, and then kind of strip it down through while maintaining the depth on it. Yep. So instead of burying your line down, dredging it through it, that'll still keep you down in it too. And uh, I'm, you know, I'm probably the only guy here that, I mean, you guys will fish for trout a little here and there, but not, you're not throwing nymphs and roll casting or doing anything like that. Usually I can't wait. Uh, I know my dad uh, needs a new, um, he's been looking into these lines as well. And once, you know, wants to look for a steelhead line. And I know Jim's going to be looking for some steelhead lines come up this season. You know, I can't wait to get into a few of those lines as well and get to try them. Uh, I'm a Rio gold guy. Like I, I have been, I've, I've loved that line for just simple trout fishing, you know, you know, just my, you know, five weights, four weights. Time for you to get a four, four, four now. Yeah. I, like I said, mm -hmm. I want to, I want to get into a couple yep. of those other lines like, uh, that they have that I need to get into and, like you know, the first line I ever got was one of them. That's a, that's a Same here, that lines. Cortland four, four, four. Yep. And that's, you know, for years, that's all I thought Cortland was. Right? Yeah. And, Me too. And yeah. that's, and that's what I told it's Matt and like, Chris when they were in the boat. Yeah. Like teeny. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was like, you guys are just the 444 guys. That's what I thought. And then, you know, uh, I'd been a Rio guy until their lines went to shit, and I understand they're getting better now. Uh, and then I went to SA. Uh, I had an Airflow. I liked it a lot, an Airflow striper line. Mm -hmm. I really did like that. Uh, and then so when we had them down, and I got to pick their brains about all the different things they're doing and what they're coming out with, and, and it, was, it was enlightening because in my head – it was four, four, four. Yeah, the knowledge is nice because it's it's diverse. It's on everything, mm -hmm. so it's not just like okay, well we know this, but we're going to try to do this. It's no, I mean they they do it all and they go out and do it. And it's the gear, it's fresh and salt, it's all the species. Yeah, those guys have a pretty rough job. Yeah, having to go out and fish these lines all around the world. Yeah, meet meet guys like us, mm -hmm. and then and then be given a nickname, which will always refer to oh, 100% rooster, rooster. Yeah, I'm trying to think at this <laughs> point I think I'm I'm around about 8 or 9 yeah, like on a musky day I'm usually I got about like 8 8 or so with me yeah I've got I've got 5 or 6 of their lines try to cover all the bases I mean from like I said floating intermediate sink 8 4 or sink 4 8 and then if you'd use the compact you got 6 9 mm -hmm. got every sink rate you need through there yeah I mean, but uh, at the Pike Muskie setup with the braid running the whole way down into an eight weight, I mean, the taper on that thing casts well on every rod that I've ever put it on. I mean, that's that's a line that you can you can really run, yeah, top to bottom. Yeah, I'm going to get uh, a Pike Muskie eight weight because I know in the fall I'm going to want to run or not eight weight, but sink eight because mm. I'm going to want to run uh, a sink eight. Well, I run that thing all the time. But it's going to be too cold to run that compact nine. Oh, 100%. Yep. So Yeah, then you run back into the issue I have. It kind of started all of this. It, 100%. This is what started this whole rabbit hole. And us ended up getting with Cortland was 
I bought that and f- didn't realize it was a mono core. Mm. And I was just absolutely coming unglued on the boat. And finally, I was like, that's so it. So mad. I called him. And it's like, no, not, dude. Not no, him. dude. He's like, this, let, let, let me fix this for you. I'm like, all right. So he sent us them ones with the braid. And I was like, oh, oh, this is, this is polar opposites. Yeah. This is really nice. Well, that was the first time yeah. I cast that Compact Sync 9 on Friday. And it still had the. Oh, yeah. You didn't the, wash it yet. The, I, did, I forgot uh, to wash it. Wash I, right the back. I put it on Thursday night before I was going fishing Friday. I didn't think to hit it with some soap and water. And I, so I had that shit on my hands for like the first hour. And I finally just ripped the whole line out of the reel. And I've got a microfiber cloth. And I just <laughs> drug it through the whole. <laughs> Joe's in the front. What are you doing? Like, I have to do this, okay? <laughs> Don't ask Leave what me I'm alone. doing. Because this is a rookie mistake, but damn it, I'm cleaning this line. But yeah, yeah. Funny you say that. Mar- or, well, you bring up cleaning lines. My dad actually said to me the other day, we should clean the lines. So he had he had I, some of the core. I do loop. it monthly. He had that line around, some of the uh, line cleaner, and he went through and we cleaned the lines. Yeah. So, you know, Mark told me I should do it, so I guess I had to do it. And yeah, and when he brought it up, he was like, "Yeah, let's we should do that. We it'll it'll help us. It'll, it'll save the lines a little bit, you know." Mm-hmm. I soak mine like, and okay. then treat it. Guy Half I work hour with. and Dawn dish soap, clean it, and then I tell you what, you clean it and it's black, and then you run the cleaner on and the pads are still coming out black after being soaked in the dish soap or ran through a rag too. So, I mean, that's Yep. You don't realize how much is in there and it does. It makes a big difference on the longevity, but the other part is I don't want my guides getting crap ran mm-hmm. through. If you strip it on a fish and your line's dirty or your snag, even worse, it burns a hole in your finger. It certainly does. It, and it's just <laughs> yeah, and it's it everything about it. It makes them cast significantly better. Oh yeah, uh, Brian Fleischig, uh, matter he he takes cloths with him and he'll clean his lines halfway through a fishing session. There's sometimes when we're on the banks that I'd like to do that because oh, you pick yeah, up so yeah. much uh, crap yeah. and it's nothing you can do. You're stripping it down. And yeah, I got all kinds of little wear lines in my fingers from our last fishing excursion. Yeah, yeah, that sucker bit me like right on the edge of the in like the like the right side of my pointer finger, right where whenever I'm wrapping with a thread, it always clicks and like hits it. Oh, it's pain. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, I, yeah. I got piked <laughs> that one time. So I, I get that pain. Uh, so a guy at work got me a 12-pack of those Rio Wonder Cloths. And I, I keep them in my Yeti Go box. Just in case, you know, it's a... Uh, the other A couple of weeks ago, we fished that lake. And it was just dirty. Just dirty. And I probably should have about halfway through just run it through one pass on that Wonder Cloth, thrown it away. You don't think of it until after the fact. Exactly. But it do, it, makes it makes such a difference when casting that a dirty line you can and if it's real dirty you can hear it and you're like this is bad oh yeah definitely wore some guides out and it's probably just as much a dirty line and just you never cleaned a fly line no no not until now wow. I've been told I need to do this so I'm doing it I'm turning over a new leaf I clean and rinse mine salt water every time I'm done with salt water so when we come off from the cape. We'll take our reels down and soak them for half an hour with the lines on, and then I'll I'll run the lines just because, you know, any electrolysis or on any of those reels. I know most of them are built for the salt, but I don't want to take that risk. 
So I wanted to get into uh, just even with the lines a little. Like I, I'm a guy. I like the sinking lines because I'll throw them with you know deer head flies, just swim flies that need a sinking line. But I'm always somebody who loves to have a floating line and and on the boat, like whether I have a longer leader set up, and that goes into like when I'm running my a weighted fly. Usually, I will run my you know fluorocarbon, and when I'm running a popper, I always try to run mono. You know, on my floating lines with poppers because mono floats, fluorocarbon sinks. Yep. So, I mean, it does. I don't know if it makes all the difference, but I think it's something that, you know, you could look at and, you know, go out and buy both. I always have both with me, you know, sinking lines. I'm running fluorocarbon line, you know, depending on what I'm fishing for. But I, uh, that's how I prefer to run it. I'm and the I, same way. At the beginning of every year, I tie up two dedicated topwater musky rigs using mono. That's that's the only time I use mono on my musky rigs. I know that's a, a hot topic for a lot of different people. But I mean, I don't I even mean as far as I just mean is the line I'm running like on b- bass poppers and things yeah. like mono because it yeah, floats. It helps the popper oh, not get drugged yeah, down absolutely. and all that kind of things. So just things that people don't think about. And even like know? musky wise, I mean, I I use both. I use uh, quite a few different you know leader setups. But that's again going to go more to what the fly is too. Mm-hmm. So if I'm fishing like a river pig that I want, you know, I'm going deep with it. Yeah, it's sure. going to be fishing fluoro. If I'm fishing, you know, Bufords, and I'm typically almost always trying to fish mono. I don't want to fish fluoro too much in, in, the, in the musky situation. A, I want it parallel or perpendicular with the fly is, so it's allowing the fly to work, and it's not, you know, working with the line going even deeper. But B, it has stretch. Yes, so the stretch want, is important sometimes. You know. I always prefer, like, hybrids. I ha- I like mono because it stretches. They hit hard. I'd like to have yeah. a little bit of give because if See, not, in in my in my in my brain, I don't want any stretch on a fish that I'm going to strip set. Oh yeah, you do. No, in, but that's in my brain. Yeah. I know. I know. You want, especially yeah. if you really send a especially, strip set. Yeah, especially too if its head's going the other way. Man, that'll keep from stuff blowing up. Yep. Because depending on the size of the fish, you strip set into a big muskie and its head's going the other way, you can blow some stuff up. I believe it. Especially if you're fighting them right at the side of the boat and what have you. I mean, uh, But I just tied up, uh, speaking of Cortland, I just tied up five new muskie leaders using the Cortland XTR fluorocarbon and their bite wire. That 50-pound bite wire. That's some nice stuff. Holy I like cow. It. It ties. I've been using that last... This year so far. Yeah, it's I like it a lot. I like that it's green, so I don't know that I'd use it in, like, super crystal clear water, like <coughs> where you have spooky fish, but I like it. it. I think it ties as well as the 40-pound AFW. Okay. And I and I like having It's definitely that. thicker than, like, the Rio wire. Yes, but I hate that Rio wire. Um, one thing, though, I'm glad you did say that is that when I do go to fluoro, fluoro, I do typically size up, though. I'll go up to 50 or 60. Where yeah. I'm usually running forty on the, on the mono, nylon. I really like that XTR. Mm-hmm. I really that's nice fluorocarbon. It Very really much is. so. Yeah, I'm gonna when I get uh, ready for this season, uh, uh, going up to Niagara. I gotta. I'm gonna buy all new stuff. Well, when you get lines. on there, get a thing of fifty pound wire, and then I'll make you the leaders up. Okay. Because I've got all the material and. Yeah, between the Cortland, I got plenty of hatch stuff too. So that fifty pound is great, and I got a I got a roll of thirty five for next time I go to the Cape for when we run into blues. 
I can just tie something on real quick. And that's 35 is beyond sufficient for blues. And it ties so quick, I can just do a loop-to-loop on my striper lines. It'll be super easy. That one I was running Wednesday, that was with Hatch 40 on it. Some nice stuff, too. Really, really nice flora. Yeah, two years ago, I won some 60, some of the Hatch 60 at the Beast. I like it. Yeah, with this low water, that's another time. I'll run a lot of fluoro now with the low, clear water. And if it's super low, which we had clarity the other day, but if it like if we didn't and it's bare bones and you are just crystal, I'll run straight fluoro, like a straight 80, and just mm-hmm. go right to a snap. Yep. Or if I'm going to be fishing the same fly for a while, I'll bypass a snap. So you were talking about something earlier, too, not to – if you guys want to keep going on, with, uh, no, I, I just wanted you to talk about the, we were talking about lines, uh, line thing that you have, uh, majigger. Oh, your winder. Line yeah, your line, line, line winder. Line yeah, winder. So, so, so I can find one of these things so I don't have to, uh, oh, man, we need one. Okay, perfect. Yeah, it's the Scientific Anglers Regulator Spool. It's, uh, so that's what you'll want to Google. Uh, Musky Fool usually has them, but they're out right now. And it's got a stationary handle on one side. And it's got a spinning handle on the other side. And and you wind your lines from your reel onto this. Like you're reeling from your reel onto this. And then you put your, your pipe cleaners that you bind your wheel your reels up with in it first. And then it comes apart. So you can pull this perfectly coiled line off, already pipe cleaned, and just set it down into your spool for storage if you're if you're changing lines. It has cut the time for me changing lines in half because I usually strip it out into a bag. Sure. Or, yeah. or I usually do circles around my whole house. <laughs> yeah, I, I strip Real it in, efficient. I strip it into a uh, paper bag. And then you got to pull it back out to get it back. It's, it's a pain in the butt. But re- reeling it onto this regulator spool is fantastic. So it's pretty slick. I'm very interested. Yeah, and it's it's 30 bucks. Which isn't cheap, but you not know, the end of the world either. Yeah, but if uh, you're changing lines a couple times a year, you're 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 making that up easy, easy and time saved. So I like it. It's uh, like a perfect little uh, exchange gift for pops for this year. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know, That's good stocking just stuff. To, you know, think about things like that. You're like, man, Dad would love one of those. Then I'll keep it here because I do all of our stuff. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> I'll buy it for him. Well, you know, uh, his my rods are his rods basically at this point. So sure, we go out. He gets to, he just uses anything I have. Yeah, but Speak- it's it's slick. I re- I recommend it. Speaking of rods, yeah, another new one coming. You know, miser. Nice. Mm. I'm excited for that one. When's that coming? I uh, probably within like two weeks. Sweet. I desperately want to throw that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I mean, I've got to cast them already, so it's not like I'm going into this blind. I've, I've you know, it's going to definitely fill. In, I mean, uh, I'm running the Limit Creek for the two hand, but the nice part about this is now this is going to share with the Chippewas, which I got mm-hmm. another one of them coming for a backup. Unloaded a whole bunch of crap. So pretty much about everything I had, I moved, and it's kind of replace and reshift and a couple parts of the process now. But I went on that one with a cork inch and a half fighting butt so it's going to be a little bit of a different stick on the not on the, the full extension on the chippy on the chippy nice. might as well be standard what weight chippewa no 
Miser. Miser. Nine ten. Just gonna be oh. a five hundred grain. That'll nice. be the next step down from their big big one, which and a new one, the Gigundo, because <laughs> that one's for really big, like eighteen to twenty four inch stuff. Where this is for pretty much your standard throwing. And we were throwing yeah. our my typical doubles on it, and it's just, oh boy, it is something else. For a nine foot nine rod to have as much feel as it does, it's impressive. So, uh, if you use it in your raft, will it be sticking out? I know I have had the worst problems with no. rods over nine foot. Because what you do is you stick it out the front, not the back. So you run it to the back, and then you lock it down in. So it's sticking out the front, and then I need mm -hmm. to put like a towel and stuff to lay over all that. So the handle of the rod is sticking out the front part by the seat, not by the back. So instead of your rod tip hanging out the back, your handle's out the front of the holder. Oh, well, I'm going to have to try that too. Yeah, so then it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't end up, you're not messing with your rod tip out the back of the rod rack. Yep, because you can just, I mean, now, does yours have... No, yours is you can't do that with yours. I, well, I what I did was I ended up just taking some other inch and a half PVC from work. Yours has the lock where your reels lock down in the reel seat. See, mine's got the foam in them, so I can slide it back further mm -hmm. and then just press the rod down into the foam and yeah, leave it hanging out the backside rather than that. So that's a little bit different than what your rod rack is on yours. I don't know that you can do that on yours. I just bought longer tubes. Oh yeah, that and just exchange them out if people have. Euro nymphing rods in my boat. <laughs> it's happened. It's happened. You know, once in a while, I want to see what's down there too. I'm not going to use one, but I'm not going to tell anybody else what they should or should not do. You might need in one your for boat. You can. Well, you know, like I said, I wanted <laughs> to see what was down there. Yeah. I was like, okay, Aaron, you can bring your stupid, uh, your stupid check nymphing rod. <laughs> <laughs> All right, since. Chris just puked in his mouth a little bit. We're going to take one more little <laughs> quick one, uh, and then we're going to come back just a few off-the-rail talks, and then uh, we'll be calling it a night. Well, hey, so it's a shitty time of uh, year right now as far as, well, it's not terrible, but the fishing's getting a little stagnant. I know smallmouth is getting a little stagnant. If I'm going to throw something for him, it's probably going to be a popper or something. or try to get him to come up because it's that time of year. Uh, so this time of year, I like to transition into... The bowfin. Yes. And uh, I, I got to get out there. I haven't yet this year. Um, my cousin Shane has been just hounding me about getting him out there because he had so much fun last year catching a couple. And he just the explosive bite, you know, it was right above. It was right on top, damn near. And, you know, he, he got to watch it all happen. And that when you watch everything happen, even like with Muskie, it can it, it for somebody who doesn't fish all the time. When you see everything happen in front of you and your heart drops and then, you know, now you're just fighting this, you know, and he caught a big one. When he caught was probably up in the upper 20s. Oh, wow. Maybe even 30-inch fish. And it, so it was, it was thick, big, you know, and he, so he's a big guy. He's, you know, your size type of guy. So when he's holding it, it looked tiny, but I'm like, Damn, that's a, that, if I was holding that fish, it would have looked like a monster. Right. <laughs> it looked like I caught, you know, Moby Dick. What were you using to catch that on top? Um, he, it wasn't, it was right under the surface and he was using a, a green and white spinner bite. Oh, okay. I started hitting him on spinners the one day. We'd thrown some, uh, I, I, I got, when I say spinner bait, I got a <laughs> spinner bite. Spinner, spinner bite, you know? That's what them country boys use, them spinner bites and them bass boats. Well, it's funny, too, because when you start talking about bears, you start to a Yogi Bear voice. 
Yeah. Well, hey, uh, hey, boo boo. <laughs> what are you gonna do? We're still in picking Nick baskets. Uh, Anyway, that was a Russian Yogi Bear. <laughs> well, that definitely he, he was a Russian pick, Yogi Bear. He take my picnic basket. Well, this one, this one. I break his yeah. face. Your Yogi Bear <laughs> ate beets growing well, up. My Yogi Bear drinks a lot of fucking po- uh, potato vodka. Okay, so your, your Yogi Bear can do whatever he wants. Um, where was I again? Uh, uh, spinning gear. Oh, spinning gear. Both in it. Spinning bites. So as the season progressed last year, I, I. And to ha- have faith in top water is really hard. To it throw is. top water for yeah, a predator like that is a tough thing. And you're like, man, I, I these guys, these other g- these gear kids, nice kids. I've seen them a few times out there on their kayaks, and they kicked the crap out of the fish. And you know, one day we had talked to each other, they didn't catch any, we didn't catch any. One day they went out and they were throwing frogs. And they caught like 15. And as we had talked them going into what they were doing, we could see what they had all rigged on their kayaks. And I'm like, oh, we got to throw topwater, Dad, or something that's just going to pull across the top of this. It's um, it's that duck duckweed. Yeah, It'll yeah. just sit on top of places, and you could just throw and drag across this duckweed, and they will just smash it like they don't mind eating duckweed. So, it's uh, man, we started catching them like that, and uh, if it did break down through, I, I prefer to have a Pacarini tail, and I started doing that because of the spinners working so well. Right. And uh, it's always with the deceiver, though. It's just a pack tail behind it, and it, they just move, kick, good, and just even if you're going to burn it, at least that's still fluttering in there. And even mm-hmm. if you get a bunch of weeds on your fly, Pacarini tail is still back there spinning or m- looking like it's spinning, you know, fluttering back there. So you still get them to come up. And smash and hit like that, just under the water. Uh, PJ brought a gear rod last year out there. Not, I always have gear rods when I'm out there. Usually don't use them personally, but you know the rest of the people that are with me don't always fly fish, so we'll have them out there. And uh, he had a frog pattern, man, and it was fun. We had one fish come up and try to smash it like six times before PJ finally caught it. Cool. And it was funny because. <laughs> I, I grabbed the gear rod, and I'm throwing that frog out there, throwing that frog. I get one to come up and crush it. I end up losing the fish because, you know, to hook them things is tough sometimes. And, I mean, I really I thought I, I, I ripped that rod as hard as I could, you know, like, like a professional bass fisherman. Right. Like I want to rip its lips off, and it didn't come in. But, boy, he was, he was mad because it was, it's my turn. It was my turn, Jay. He <laughs> took my fish. Maybe that's why he's not fishing the beast with you. So. Yeah, maybe. Because you weren't invited to his wedding. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> Dynamics. No, we're uh, he's he's coming up to pre-fish, though. Oh, cool. But, uh, I, I really enjoyed Mark. Mark, he didn't get into it too much last year, but I th- you know, we'll have to get a couple trips out maybe with the four of us, I think. That would uh, be awesome. Get you guys on your first guy, a couple on the fly rods, and, you know. Maybe we can make a fun day out of it. We've done it before where, you know, losers buy the other guys a case of beer. Or in this case, it could be anything. A bottle of bourbon yeah, or whatever it be. I like the idea (coughs) of rolling dice for teams, losing team buys dinner for everyone. That sounds even better. On the way back. Yep. That sounds because I know a couple good spots on the way back from there. That'll work. I like it. We'll have to get out there and do that. And And like, Chris, you haven't got one yet? No, I've never landed one. That's it, I mean, they're, they're I've been out fun. for them, and Mark's caught them when we were in the boat, but I have not. But it, they're <clears throat> they're cool looking fish. It is. It's something different. It's something to break mm-hmm. up the August. You yeah. know, 
I was even getting into a little bit of September when we had the one hot summer. I might we went up after a couple of my daughter's uh, cheerleading football games. We do football games in an evening, go out and do some of that swamping, and you know I like to get the green boat out. But if we I went and took some guys out, you know I I hate burying up my raft in there, but I there's will. Some, there's something about the smell in there, man. It's spicy. It's it nice. It's very spicy smelling in there. Speaking of smelling, for the first time in my life. Oh my god, you smelled something? Kinda. This smoke that came down from Canada, I could taste it in the air and it was stuck in the back of my throat. And that's the best way I can describe wow. it. And it was punishing. Because you guys who have sense of smells, you know, you, they say you get used to a smell. Since it's and it wasn't a smell, it wasn't in my nose. But it was in the back of my throat, and it wouldn't go away. So when it hit here Wednesday, Thursday, Friday up in Warren, it's all, all the time I had that taste in the back of my throat, and it was awful. Well, we all smoked if, a carton of Canadian wildfires. So. I, uh, if that's what smelling's outside. like, you can keep it. I worked outside <laughs> in it every day, and I could tell, man, I was dragging yeah. a little more than I usually do. Uh, we didn't wear masks. I probably should have been. Uh but it made my eyes water as hot as it was outside already. Like, boy, I hate having a, a 95 on, you know what I mean? And yeah. it just, it just stinks. It's, it's, and then you're breathing in your own hot air. I'm just going to take my chances. I've probably put worse in there. So who knows? You have. Yeah. So, you know, but again, <laughs> I, I'm Poor Jay. You know, but it was bad. It was really, that was a weird thing. I've never it, yeah. seen anything like that. And I'd never had uh, a taste smell issue like that. It was, in 43 years, it was weird for me. Well, do you, like your adenoids don't work or something? Is that what's wrong? No, I have anosmia. Uh, okay. I just, I just never had a sense of smell, my, ever in my entire my life. My dad, like they said his adenoids should have been removed, um, and he doesn't have a sense of smell either huh. at all. And he said the exact same thing that you just said. And it was funny when you said it. I was like, oh, my God, my dad said the same thing. He's like, yeah. I can't smell shit, but I, when that smoke was here, I could taste it. Yeah. I could, like, it taste it in the air. Awful. It's so weird you said that. Cause that's, was, Thanks, Canada. Yeah. So you, Jeez, can you, we get some wildfires put out? You can't smell any of the food that you cook? No. Oh, my God, dude. That's horrible. Well, I, I can taste it. Oh, my God. Clearly. I'm so, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I am so sorry, Sims. Well, it's, it's okay. I don't know what I'm missing. It's got pros and it's cons. You don't. I'm sure. Yeah. But it's you okay. Know? Yeah, you have somebody in the front of the boat, you know, that's oh, it's a bad prote- night. It's protected him in many cases. Yeah. Being, <laughs> being in the back of the boat behind yeah. me rowing. It yeah. certainly is. And he'll sure. lean over. He'll be like, eh. <laughs> Mark, I could taste that one. You guys are toot cannons, both of you. Well, I've fished with both of you now, and you guys are both toot cannons. Jay, I thought you were going to... I thought you were going to have to change oh, yourself yeah. like the first third of the float. I thought I was going to have to change myself. That huh? coffee was working its way down, buddy. Hey, hey you got to do what you got to do. I had to be up. My Xavier calls me the king of toots. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to put... I used to be in my wife's uh, phone as toxic man booty. <laughs> <laughs> I, you could ask her when we when you guys all leave here. Ask her about the toxic man booty. She'll fucking laugh her ass off. That's pretty funny. Yes, good yeah, stuff. I mean, hey, being a man is being a man. We put things in our body, it just doesn't treat us right. Well, that's just right. Just like that that beer you just cracked. And I'm on that uh, I'm on that Ozempic, and I got to tell you what, that shit gives me gas. Worst gas. 
I mean, it doesn't stink to me. Like losing. <laughs> <laughs> but your wife loved you. She, uh, uh, are you talking like losing eyebrow bad or? Uh, I I don't know. I don't know smell wise. Uh, but like when I get up in the morning, I'll have like three burps that are 15 seconds a piece. That, do that's, other that's people signs of a heart attack as well, Chris. Do and, other people like flee? And then I will go into the bathroom and I will ring the toilet chime. For like forty seconds, sweet. And she yells because our. To- <laughs> she <laughs> oh, she does. She's like, God damn it! I'm not supposed to be up yet. <laughs> I'm like, well, you are. <laughs> and she yells. <laughs> oh, she. Gets- this is the home TMI section of our podcast. Yes, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Things that happen in our household that probably happen in yours as well. Absolutely, everybody farts. Oh yeah. Uh, man, I wanted to mention something real quick. Uh, boy, everybody out there in the SVS family, you know, that listens to this, you know, the Dustin Hines is the Pats and the, all the guys, man. Thanks. Thanks for being a part of the family. Thanks for, you know, supporting us. I know, uh, we had a lot of downloads and listens the first day, last podcast. And yeah, we really, awesome. we really appreciate it. Again, we're just down here bullshit and having a good time with each other, talking, uh, talking, fishing and, uh, but we we love that the community that I felt like we've kind of created throughout these years mm-hmm. of, of good people that might send you a gift pack of some flies. Or oh, is that where you're headed with this? <laughs> no, 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 no. I saw I saw Dustin. I saw oh, I, love it. I saw Dustin get a cool pack of, of flies from I don't even know. We don't even know who it is. Who does it? It doesn't matter. But I think that kind of those I kind think of he's things beating around the bush. I forgot them. All right. I forgot them. What'd you forget? Zach sent us a, a care package of flies. Oh, I didn't even know that. <laughs> uh-huh. I didn't. I swear. No, I'm, I'm talking about... No, I was talking about I saw Dustin get one, and he it might have been from Zach as well. Yeah, and, I, for, uh, I forgot to bring them. I apologize. Where's my SBS shirt, Jay? That'll be the last you hear of them. They'll just be gone. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I think there's one at least with my name on it, right? Oh yeah, there's, what they, yeah, yeah. Speaking a, of, there's there's a couple with your names on it. Where's Jim's awesome. SVS shirt? Yeah, you thief. What are you talking about? Uh-huh. Didn't you get an extra one from Torque for him? Mm-mm. Oh, okay. You don't get one, Jim. I don't either. Because as long as you didn't get you one, know what? I don't feel as bad. I yeah, think I, I think there will probably there could probably be some pretty easily at the Beast of the East. I. W- I would they like put one. they put yeah. four larges together for you, but they ran into a problem with the sleeves. Yeah, I understand, and and they're probably <laughs> belly We're shirts need, anyway. We're gonna need one triple X and one extra medium. I could just imagine you in a a Solar X hooded belly shirt, just yeah. long sleeves. Well, some of them are like I can wear a two X L size wise, but they're not long enough. They're they're belly shirts. That's why I either have to get a three X or a two X L tall or a three X L tall, depending on who makes it. Because I'm all torso. But I agree. Uh, our SVS family is awesome. We appreciate it. But to piggyback off of that, it would be really cool if our listeners could go on to your preferred platforms and give us a review. Like, a, you know, it'd be cool if it was five stars. If it's not, you know, maybe don't. 
Leave a review. <laughs> or, or, or <laughs> yeah. If you think we suck and we're worth three, give us a three. We're yeah, not, we're not allowed to ask you for a five star, but we don't want to. Yeah, yeah, if, yeah but if, if if you think we're good, tell somebody. If you don't, just keep it yeah. yourself. Yeah, because that that's how we get that's how we get found by people looking for new. Other than word to mouth and the plugs that we get out there, that's how we get found by new by new listeners is uh, through the review process on those so the more reviews we get the higher rated we become so if somebody googles fly fishing we're on there uh so it'd be really cool if you did that if you don't okay but it'd be cool if you did please friends yes our friends Mm -hmm. you know and we get to like it's nice you get to see these people you know events like the beast and these different things and yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or we went down to Tennessee uh, and it was funny cuz Dustin was sitting out in the rain. Again. I'd like to uh, do that tenting, again. And you know, we tented out and that's how we met Dustin, you know, right next to us in a tent, his team, our team there, Chad and Mark and I and you know, Sweet. became friends with somebody we don't live around and that's what I like about it. You know, people are everywhere and it's just one feels like one big community of people that are all have uh, like-minded and uh you know, interested in fishing and I think the friendships more than the fishing. Absolutely. Like, I mean, I met, you know, we, we, I think we all met Bam through this podcast and Bam's awesome. He came out to the beast last year. Yeah. That was awesome. I've met a, I've met a lot of, a lot of really cool people through, through this podcast. And, and I felt like, uh, it was some sort of an extension with, from Chad, uh, being a part of the, um, the Drake, Online, I I had you know again I'm not computer I never never touched computers, uh, but Chad did and he had a, found a lot of friends like Jasper and Chad Wild and all these other guys that listen and support and uh, Bowen and I mean there's a list, a list that grows on and on and on of those guys and Bob White and all kinds of different great fly fishermen and great people and I felt like he brought that community a little bit you know, those fellas into this, and it, it was like an extension of that for him, for Chad, you know, because the Drake kind of dissolved once social media took off so well, and it was, everybody kind of kept in touch through social media more than just online on the Drake. Right? I mean, even like the fly, look at the last five years, just how much the fly fishing community's changed. You know, I mean, it's dramatic. And and look at, I mean, just sitting there and looking at like the Drake guys and like what you said there and like that whole kind of community that, you know, came from it. So it's yeah, it's definitely changed a lot. But the only reason I'm still on Facebook is because of that Musky page. No, yeah, the, all those guys. Yeah, but mm. between our page and the Musky page, and uh, I'm a moderator on a jet boat forum on Facebook. For those w- without those three pages, I'd be done. Yeah, we started up our platform. page, and then I pretty much haven't been on Facebook since. Yeah, is that people still talk on that thing? Occasionally, okay. we'd like to see more of it. Nudge, nudge. Yeah, but sure. I'm, I'm, I have been bad too. Yeah, we we haven't been sparking any conversations, so sure. That's on that's on us. Yeah, but it's uh, hard. We're, you're a busy guy. Yeah, I, I'm, we I'm have a, lives. I'm a lazy guy. <laughs> Facebook's dead. Yeah, Facebook is is one of those things. It's starting to run its <laughs> course. I think. Dead. I, it's dead. Th- th- did I not nail it the other day? Facebook's dead. I told Jim as we were talking about that. Like I haven't been on I don't know three months. I'm like, you know what? So not that it's a bad thing, but it's like a church forum before church it, it very much so is it's like that yeah. church that, for you. that gossipy uh, uh, and it's not like um, i'm being derogatory about it. i'm trying to figure out like how i mean like the like verbiage of it nebby you got a lot of older people that share things and go oh that's just lovely yeah great okay well it's 
It's the same. See, it is, I've, I've it, dropped it is, all those people, though. It is all them people. It's <laughs> just here. like, oh, look, oh, look, oh, look, oh, look. It is like, oh, look, the whole, every single post. And it's like, sure. can't you just have a picture? You know, move on. Well, I don't and know if you've uh, I don't know if you've seen lately, but I guess they're talking about Zuckerberg and Elon Musk duking it out in an octagon. Okay, so. I heard about this as well. <laughs> so, like, it's I like, would like to see that. I think, sweet. Listen, the problem is Zuckerberg's gonna rock Elon Musk. I don't know. You never yeah. know. What? Who's know. who's the who's the one that looks like Doctor Evil? Jeff Bezos. Oh, that's Jeff. Okay, okay. So it's not it's not him. Okay, <laughs> I was gonna say he. he that's looks, good. He's, that's Amazon. He's really really small. Looks like a thinner guy. Now I. I Bezos is built. Is yeah, he? He's yeah, built. dude's oh, built. Oh, maybe he might whip both their asses at once. I want to see. Well, Zuckerberg's been doing jujitsu for like. <laughs> I don't know how long of a period of time, but I've seen him compete, and he doesn't suck at jujitsu. Oh, but well. Elon Musk is built like a 1950s fridge. He is, but I don't know that he can <laughs> yeah. lift anything. Like, Tesla. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, I mean, he has people to lift for him. Do you know what they need to do? They need to bring back uh, MTV Celebrity, celebrity Deathmatch. Death I want to <laughs> see those two in the ring, Celebrity yes. Deathmatch style. I mean, I don't even need to see him really fight. I just need to see uh, who, was the, who was the referee because he was a real ref for boxing. Uh, Judge, Miles, uh, Judge Miles Lane. <laughs> yes. I, yeah. yes. I'll, I'll yes. allow it. You know, oh, that was the best. I'll oh. allow it. And it was claymation. That, oh, it was so good. It was and good. I want it in claymation. Don't oh, make yeah. it in this fancy CGI. I mean, CGI no. would be cool, but give me that claymation awesomeness that Celebrity Deathmatch used to be. Oh, man. The Manson ones were so good. When it was Manson versus, uh, oh, who's the, who's the lady who bakes all the food with Snoop Dogg now? Uh, Martha, Stewart. Stewart. Martha Stewart versus Marilyn <laughs> Manson. That was great. Oh, I remember those. Pretty sh- I'm pretty sure she actually killed Marilyn Manson. Probably could have. His uh, name is actually Brian Warner. He lived in uh, Canton. Do you know that? Huh. No. Marilyn Manson lived in Canton. His real name is Brian Warner. It must be all the weirdos because, uh, well, you know, Trent Reznor's right from right up the road too. Actually, in the town we're in now. Yeah, and he's he's out of the weird scene, and now he's doing music, or uh, of course he was doing music, but sound design for movies and stuff. And oh, he's terrific. He's a he's, he's a brilliant person. Yeah, a little on the odd side though. Mm. Yeah, but some groundbreaking music in the '90s, dude. Oh, amazing. Uh, and we can I can go with any of the topics, but yeah, my buddy Chad, and we're gonna switch it up. He turned forty. I want to say happy birthday to my buddy Chad. Absolutely happy! I texted happy him birthday. that day. Happy birthday, buddy! Welcome, welcome to the forties. Hell yeah! He, we went up to the cabin. Uh, they have a little camp up in Marionville. I hadn't been there in quite a little while. I mean, we, we were, I was there with his dad and him a few years back, and then uh, before that, it was when it was his uncle's camp. It was a sheep's place. And his uncle used to always it was that was Sheep's place. He would go there all the time, and he you know it was his camp basically, and it was family camp. But he was the one that was there the most, and uh, cool be, you know be up there again you know. And uh, boy, I got out to an early start. Um, I didn't drink here, so we drove. I took my daughter. My wife wasn't feeling well, so it was just my daughter and I went up. And uh, but as soon as I got up there, you know. They were just cooking breakfast, got a little bit of food on me, and then it was to the booze. Straight to the booze and pretty good. And uh How'd that work out for you? You know, I had eight I took eight beers from here out of the fridge and I put them in a the cooler. I'm like, 
Eight beers. If I kill all those, I'm probably messed. Uh, you know what? I'm going to grab another 12-pack on the way. So grab the, like, like the smart guy I am. Yeah, foresight. Congratulations. Yeah, you know, if anybody else runs out of beer, that I'll have a few extras. <coughs> no, I need at least 20. So I had to stop, grab beer, grab dice, you know. It's a nice little ride up. It's not, it's an hour and 20 minutes. It ain't too far. It doesn't take too long. It was done before you knew it, and there we were. Now, do you go through Leaper at all to where you can hit the sawmill? A sawmill restaurant and ice cream shop? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we yeah, we Dude, went right through it. Best ice cream. Yep. Best ice cream. Yep. The, it has the the sign that spins. Yep. Yep. I was I actually told my daughter on the way back through I didn't we didn't stop, but I was like, Look at that sign. You know, you don't see many signs that still spin in circles. Yeah. So it was cool, you know. It was just that's a nice area up there. It's a beautiful area. It really they is. They have a nice cabin, so it was fun. I was like I said, I guess started boozing and then they took the cornhole boards out and boy. Uh, we shoot with the guy Johnny. He's uh, Chad's neighbor, a uh, friend of ours, and uh, he's uh, one of the duck hunting guys that Chad duck hunts with. We duck hunt with, and uh, man, me and him got on the team, and it was just I. We won 15 straight games, didn't lose all night, not once, wow, not one game. And I think, and then I hate to talk myself up, but no, you don't. I think the last time I, I'm pretty almost positive the last time we were at my dad's house and the only the last time I played competitively was with my family on the Memorial Day and pretty sure Shane and I didn't lose either. So I was staggering yesterday though. They were surprised I was throwing so well because I could barely stand straight. I didn't fall over completely, but they said I put a lot of my, and I, I was pretty tanked. I put a lot of miles. <laughs> on the flip-flops, side <laughs> going side to side. Side to side. Oh, yeah, a lot of side-to-side side miles last night. Um, but, boy, was it, uh, you know, I just stagger up, get in, my, get in my zone, and just toss her on down there. And, boy, it felt it felt good to kick some ass. It felt real good. I had fun. Johnny was a great partner. Were you thrown with one eye? <laughs> I should have been. That would have probably been better. Uh, one game uh, specifically – and this was the closest game we'd had all night. And the guys were right there with us. And we're playing go, you know, go over, go back down. Uh, he puts a few on. I throw two completely over the board, five feet over, you know. And I put one on, and it makes us at uh, 18. Hmm. And then bingo, bango, bongo. I need one in to win. S- launch it. Start walking away, and it goes net, and oh man, those ones feel good. Mark's Mark's a hell of Mark. I haven't played cornhole with Mark in a while either. Mark's a hell of a cornhole player. He has very good muscle memory. You could tell with his casting. And when you see a guy who casts well, it's all all that shit. The same golf swing. You're a golfer as well. Uh, all those things is all muscle memory. I this was drunken muscle memory because I felt like I usually have a, you know a. Four to eight beer, you know, I'm good from four to eight beers, you mm-hmm. know, and then after that, I'm just trash. Before that, I'm trash, you know, that's with most things. That's a swing lube point. Yeah, you got your perfect little, uh, you know, four beer spot there, but man, I just it just kept to hang in there yesterday, so. Well done. Hell yeah. I haven't played cornhole in a long time, but I used, to, I, I didn't suck, but. We should bring some cornhole points up here. Yeah. That's a bad idea. It's dark. Yeah, it's true. 
It's gonna be, and there's nowhere we'll really long. Yeah, but where are you gonna have enough room to set that up outside where my, behind the where camp? my boat is? Yeah, exactly. And my boat will be going there. Yeah, so it's. Yeah, when you do have six, seven boats, I like it was I, last year. Where am I going to put my campers, boat this year? Six, seven boats. Maybe you can just set uh, it right up John, on the road uh, for a little trip. No, the guy across the street with the really nice just down, cabin. Just down to your Yeah, that's who, we, that's who we saw at the bar that night. So we'll be able to put your boat there, like right at his place. Is it big enough to fit my truck and my boat Yeah, he has, a, he, has, he has a jet himself there, and it'll fit. Yeah, he'll, he, he'll be more than happy. But, yeah. It was fun up there with Chad. Chad had a wonderful time for his birthday. Uh, good. Cooked good food. I mean, we ate more bacon. Oh, than I care to even remember. My my, I, I feel like I ate so much bacon. I need to take two showers today because I'm just took took a year and a half off oh, your life. Huh? Oh, grease! Grease is just pouring out of me today. It's hatred. It's hatred from yesterday and grease, alcohol hatred and, and grease. grease, hatred and grease. That's what it is. <laughs> that's how that's coming out of me today. Uh, we I and I was hammered, and then we you know I we had my daughter. We had to put up our tents, so yeah, we're putting up tents. Okay, so I get all the kids, and the kids help me put the tents up. No huh. grownups, me drunk guy, and then three tents to put up, and they all attach to each other. This big monstrosity of tents that I forgot to uh, before we went on a nature walk and got seven thousand ticks on us in flip flops. Uh, I forgot to stake the tent down. So the tent went blowing away. Bruce and everybody who was there had to grab the tent and go and then stake it down for me because I'm an idiot. So thank you to them for not letting my tent go into the woods. I love my tent. Uh, For anybody out there that wants an easy to put up tent, look up Gazelle Tents. It is, uh, it's, it's already put all together and you pull out all four sides, pop up the top and it's open. You don't have to run poles or anything, stake it down. I can have it up and staked in three minutes. That sounds convenient. It would be really good for somebody who does a lot of drinking before they have to put their tent up. Well, you know, I could have been smarter and done it before, but... Yeah, but let's not. Let's not. Didn't you sleep on the couch? Well, so then it it rains. It rains a lot. It rains, you know what I mean? And, And at this point... I'm. I mean, we're. It's late, and I'm drunk. I didn't get my cot out, so I go pass out on the couch. Did you make your daughter sleep in the tent? No, my daughter slept with everybody else, with all the other kids on a on a bunch of mattresses on the floors. You know what I oh, mean? Good. In a room, like no, she was fine. There are a lot of women there that were responsible human beings. That's really fortunate for her. <laughs> yeah, no, and she knows her way. She's she was fine. Good. So. Yeah, there were like Chad's wife is such a nurturer. Ashley is one of the most nurturing women. Like she is just like she's the mom for everybody. Like she will be your mom if we're out. Like make sure you put your sunscreen on, Chris. You know, and that's that's just the way she is. And it's but it's nice when your kids around her because she's one that's just gonna be like, oh yeah, yeah, you up underneath my wing too. You know what I mean? And nice. So it's nice. And we've been around them for you know her whole life and known them forever. So it's nice that they'll just take it. I didn't have to worry about anything. I could just get drunk with the other degenerates. <laughs> All my friends. Nice. So, oh, what a wonderful time. Uh, he's old, and he hasn't got any skinnier. So that's it, that happens as you get older. Or any, he hasn't grown any more hair up there either. Jeez, he's getting balder, fatter, and 
Boy, I feel kind of attacked here, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the way you're supposed to feel, Chris. Remember? You're taking Chad's spot. You're supposed to, you're supposed feel to get attacked. Feel attacked. Yeah. You're fat and bald. Jeez, come on. Uh, and old. So, hey, uh, one, other, one other thing we want to get to is uh, we're probably not going to hit on for too long because we're getting about two hours. Uh, everybody, if you haven't already lost your fingers, keep all your fingers this weekend. Don't be idiots. Yeah, don't be stupid. It's really easy to make a wick out of anything. Yeah, and just be smart. You know, have a good 4th of July, everybody. You know, go out there. I don't know what your favorite 4th of July food is. I like spoiled macaroni uh, salad is my favorite. It's gotta be out. It's gotta be. It's gotta be out in the sun at least for seven hours before I eat it because I want it to spoil in my stomach and send me into bare minimum <laughs> of four wasps on that sucker. Uh, yes, I need like s- at least seven flies. This is how I started doing my uh, shrimp boil. My low country boil is on Fourth of July's, so I'll be doing one of those Tuesday. Mm. My brother and his wife and his kids are in town, so my parents and he and them will all come down and we'll boil shrimp and drink beers and watch the kids go crazy. It'll be a good day. I'm going dark to dark dying, so whatever my wife makes me. <laughs> we'll probably that'll be, go out. That'll be what I eat for, for, for the fourth. We'll probably go out and see. There's a local uh, fireworks show here in Middlesex. Uh, I think we're going to hang out at my parents' house, swim, do the thing, and... Uh, I'm not gonna. I was just joking about the spoiled, you know, macaroni. You weren't. I know, but you weren't. No, I'm gonna eat it anyway. You weren't at all. So you're you're gonna get to that four to eight beer mark that you're talking (laughs) about, and you're just gonna smash it. That that looks good. They they set the fireworks off over the river Mm. in Franklin. Oh, nice. So we'll launch the boat while it's light out, and we usually go about seventy-five to a hundred yards above up up river, where they set them off. So then, if some of them come shooting across the river, we're safe. Which has happened every year, uh, and you you just let, we lay on the boat and watch the fireworks go off. That's cool, That's man. Sweet. It's it's really cool. That's a good tradition. How to many have too. people will you be able to fit on the boat then? I can legally put eight. Uh, with the river being this low, I won't take more than six. So uh, my wife doesn't go, and the baby won't go. So it'll probably be me and my boys, Brad, my brother, and his two boys. So it'll be six of us. Awesome. It'll be, it'll like be really cool. Nice. What are you doing, Jim? For the fourth? Yeah. I'm just going to be eating food and probably swimming, probably drinking. Parents? Hey, try to stay out of the sun. Um, no, I got to get my, I got to get it in before I go to Florida. I'm going to Florida. I can't go down there super pasty, which I'm kind of already a little screwed in that department. Yeah, you don't look like you get very tan. Listen, I am not made for the heat, my guy. I am a Nordic white man. I am meant for snow. Fall weather, that's my jazz. I am not meant for the sun. Well, so what is taking you to Florida? We can get into that for just two seconds. I got to go down there for uh, my girlfriend's dad is getting remarried. So I'm going to go down to Florida, and I'm going to take a little extra time in between the wedding, and I'm going to bounce around and try to get me a snook. Nice. Good idea. Hell yeah, man. That's, you know, honestly, because tarpon is, you know, one of those things. It's like you, everybody wants to go to Florida and catch a tarpon. Man, I... I want to catch a snook as much as I want to catch anything almost. Oh, snook are awesome. Mm-hmm. That'd be sweet. Yeah, okay. snook are a ton of fun. So I'm going <coughs> to spend the first day that I'm down there. I'm going to do a little bit of recon, and then my uh, my license should take effect for the weekend, and we're going to be ready to rip in the morning on Friday. 
Heck yeah, you just gonna just you're just gonna go out just re- by yourself on foot kind of I, thing, I, or you know, glorious thing about the world we live in is you could pretty much learn how to do anything on YouTube. So there was actually a lot of uh, video archive that I went through when where I'm going to be going. So I kind of got a little bit of an idea what to do whenever I get there. So like I said, Thursday is gonna be a little bit of a scout day. You know, get it all settled in, and then the house that we're going to be staying in, and all that, and then I'm going to be walking around and see where I'm going to fish the following morning. Cool, nice. Girlfriend, take to the sun better than you do. Uh, yeah, she's Italian, so she tans. I'm not Italian at all, so I just burn in layers. Awesome. I, I get can't. It. I can't wait to yeah. when you come back and you are on the podcast and you look like a crab, and we could touch your skin. I I'm probably going to have a pulse. By the end of day two. Well, hey, <laughs> take your sun shirts with you. I'm going to wear SPF, whatever the the maximum strength is that I find it whenever I'm down there. Be safe. Yeah, be safe. Uh, all the SPF, all the buffs. I'm taking every long sleeve solar shirt that I have with me. I need every single one. You'll have fun, though. Oh, it's going to be a blast. Good, good. I'll be working this week. Other than Tuesday. Tuesday, I don't have to work. I don't have to work tomorrow. Nice. Yes, no work tomorrow. Nice. Boss was like, just take off till Wednesday. You know, Your this dad is already like told the, me you wanted to take off till Wednesday. This he is warned like the me. first like, time in doing? forever I've heard of like <laughs> businesses going like, are you off on Monday? Why would I be off on Monday? It's not the fourth, you know? Yep. And everybody, you know, to hear that you have it off, I'm like, oh, at least it benefited somebody. Yeah. Well, my boss, you know, it's, it's, it's America. No, his his it's sons still his sons his sons are in town. Uh, so you know he wanted to spend the time too with family. And hey, you know what? Some things are more important than money, I and wish, family is one of those things. So absolutely. spend the time I when wish, you got it. I wish certain companies would feel the same. <laughs> I well, was they, taking it off regardless. <laughs> right on. And, and the market's only open till one tomorrow, so I will be leaving work at one o one. Because I'd like to spend as much time with my brother and his kids and his wife as I can. For sure. But since I'm still, you know, I've been at that firm for 10 years and I'm still the low man time-wise on the totem pole. I'm the only guy showing up tomorrow. It'll be me and one of the assistants. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be Jennifer or Janet, but probably just me and Jennifer. That's all right. Got to do what you got to do. Yep. Spend them hours. People need their money. And if. That's why we just can't close down is, you know, people need withdrawals and anything can happen. There aren't very many investment emergencies, but if there were to be one, we have to be there. Hey, don't make an investment in a bunch of uh, fireworks and blow your fingers off again. Yeah, seriously. Please be smart this next couple days. Have a good time. Visit your family. America. America. Mark, who we brought to you by? We got ARX. Find them at ARXHooks.com. Sims Fishing. Yeti, built for the wild, and Cortland Lines. Friends of the show, we have Ryan Evans, Queen City Guiding, Michael Davis, Down to Earth Wealth Management, Thomas Shank, Chipwalk River Custom Rods, our friends over at Muskie Fool, and as always, the Nittany Valley Muskie Alliance. Get your reservations in for the Beast of the East, October 6th and 7th. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs>